1: Tuesday night
0: here toward the middle to leaning to the backside of July. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, welcome to the Wise Guys. We're live tonight. We encourage you to get on our uh, live stream. Let us know where you're participating uh, with us from anywhere in the world, and we'll try to get your name mentioned and where you're at and uh, and have a
1: good couple of hours together. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see who's the furthest away. Uh, we, we've we had Panama, Colombia, uh, Japan, where else? We had South Korea one week uh, and, then we and had, the
0: Philippines. You know, it would be great if we got a North Korea. That would be something.
1: Oh, man. If there, <laughs> that would if be something. If there's somebody out there. Panama hey, And guess in. what? Panama is in. There we go. Richard, good to have you with us tonight. Yeah,
0: Panama is in. I feel all like right. we're like, uh, it's like election night. We're waiting for every oh, all, results. All the returns to
1: come in. Everybody coming in. in.
0: Uh, we're on YouTube, as always, and um, we'll put the link in the chat there. Go to YouTube, our channel there. Hit the subscribe button. That's free. Click on the bell. you get the notifications whenever we post something new or when we go live. And uh, we're looking forward to that. We can go live. You know, now the football season's coming.
1: We can go live anytime. Yeah, you want to get that go, alert. We might go live from practice. So, And don't forget to follow us at ysguys.com. So ysguys.com. Um, subscribe to get our weekly email that has highlights from the show. So, And it's free as well. So everything we're talking about is free here. If you want to watch our... Our past interviews with folks like Danny Ainge and Marie Osmond and Jim Fredette and Sherry Dew, who we had a couple weeks ago, yeah. was really fun. Ty Detmer, Amber Whiting, Mark Pope, Kyle Van Noy, Jay Hill, Justin Enna, Gennaro Guilford, Sioni Pua, Kelly Papinga, Fessy Sataki, Harvey Unga. That's just the name of you. I like the names. Who
0: has all those yeah. folks?
1: So and, and 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 a lot more than that. Um they're all waiting for you. Wise Ys, So wiseguys.com. Um uh, go in and subscribe and, and keep up to date.
0: I don't know what's going on in Panama tonight, but, but Richard was right there the second we came on and said hello. Yeah. So as he's on the show.
1: Richard, is Panama the same time as we are right now? Are they on West Coast? time? I don't know.
0: I don't know. We'll have to find that out. I don't know what time out. they're on. But uh, man, he's ready right there yeah, raising cool. the bar. I know when I
1: was in Croatia a couple weeks ago, um, it was eight hours. It's seven ahead. o'clock in Panama. So it's seven. Yeah. So it's, just, so it's an hour later in Panama? Yeah. Okay. So, all cool. right.
0: Anyway, we're... we're, Richard, uh, thanks for being with us again. (laughs) We got a great show tonight uh, and lots to talk about, uh, including Big 12 Media Days. What did we learn from down there in Texas besides it's hot and humid this time of year down there in Texas? Yeah. Uh, We got a lot to talk about about that.
1: Yeah. How about the mascot matchup? We'll talk about that a little bit, Uh, especially after Big 12 Media Days. All the mascots were involved in this. How does Cosmos stack up with the mascots in the Big 12? We'll look at the newly released mascot power rankings. I didn't know there was such a thing. Well, somebody put them out. But evidently, there's a power ranking for mascots, and I think you know where Cosmo's going to end up, but uh, let's talk about it.
0: Cosmo's down there dancing, teaching. He was teaching the other mascots how to dance.
1: He is ridiculous. After further review
0: returns a week from tonight over on BYU TV, Nakua and Jaron Hall, the dangerous duo. There they are right there. They are in camp this week with the Rams and the Vikings. And they're with us as we look at their great highlights together. Uh, uh, the season premiere of After Further Review next Tuesday, July 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, an hour before Wise Guys. So the Tuesday night's lining up just right.
1: So and you, here's what you know. When you see us doing the promotion for AFR and it's only a week away, the, the clock is ticking. Yeah. Because we always do our premiere right before the players report the next week. So, so we're on the doorstep of college football and camp. And, uh, you know, there's been so much to talk about um, in this offseason with NIL, with Transfer Portal, with all of the things, recruiting, all of that that has been going on. Um, but it really gets fun when they get in fall camp. And we can start bringing you reports from what's going on in practice and who's doing what and how they're looking. So we're looking forward to that. When AFR returns, it's that time of year. And, and. You know what? Tonight, it it cooled off. It's not 100 again today. It's a little overcast. You you can smell a little rain out there. It's just feeling like football. We didn't die
0: for... It's feeling
1: like football to me. John's
0: with us from Harriman, Utah. Thanks, John. The miracle at Lincoln. We're going to talk live with uh, Mitch Matthews. He'll be here in studio in just a bit. He had the game-winning catch to beat Nebraska, but there's some intrigue in and around that play. And, and what he thinks of the size of BYU's receivers going into the Big 12. So yeah. uh, bring your questions for Mitch coming up here in just a little bit.
1: And, and NFL training camp. Hey, they're ready to roll. It's they're they're getting started, and NFL has a long training camp and a preseason and all that. But it's football is upon us. As we'll touch touch on the NFL training camp and who's who's there uh, for BYU. So
0: I saw a picture of Andy Reid rolling into camp today.
1: Yeah, how's he looking? He's got some new
0: flowered Hawaiian shirt that uh, yeah. that he's sporting today. Clearly, he's focused and ready to go because that's oh, how yeah. he rolls. Uh, it's good to have football back today. Football is officially back because the first. As you mentioned, NFL training camps are open yeah, for and, business, and
1: Andy Reid may be the best combination of um, kindness, yet ex- expect like I've never seen anyone remotely close to him. Maybe only Lavelle Edwards that can get more out of his guys with kindness and love. Like he is very demanding and what he expects from folks, but but it comes from such a good place that they all know that he cares about him and loves him. And so they just do it. Have you ever heard anybody ever say, the one guy I don't like is that Andy Reid? No. 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 Everybody in the league loves him. You never heard uh,
0: Patrick Mahomes, when he sat on the bench his entire rookie year, uh, say, I should be in the game. You know, he wanted to be in the game, but Alex Smith was in the game, and they went to the AFC Championship game, but, but Andy Reid was like, I'll know when Mahomes is ready. And after that season, Smith gets traded, and it's Mahomes' job, and he is ready. Because... Andy knows better yeah
1: you know he knows best listen
0: to him and follow him
1: and you can have a career like Patrick Mahomes right and and Andy Reid I mean he's a hall of famer obviously like first battle hall of famer no question about it um I, I just love that he, he doesn't coach like a tyrant where he's um you know all over guys and in people's faces and all that he just gets the most out of his folks uh, by getting them to respect him um and and doing it. it's almost like you do things because you don't want to disappoint your dad. Well, nobody wants to disappoint Andy, right? Right, and so so that's how he rolls. It's great. So um, BYU football, you know, uh, we, we got a season to talk. Big Twelve media days, SEC media days is going on right now. Right. So Big Twelve was just this last week. You were down there. Pac twelve media days is Friday. They just have the day as a uh, media day. The day. as of. <laughs> Today, there's still no
0: media deal. And they announced uh, through all their outlets that there isn't going to be one on Friday. So How do you have
1: a media day with no media deal?
0: Here's what they're going to do. They're going to set up for a whole day of people asking questions about the media deal.
1: Oh, it's my, it's, uh, it's just, and,
0: of course, you can't announce one if you don't have one, and they don't have one. And that's their problem.
1: Oh, my goodness. So And then the Big Ten media days, because their days are August 26th and 27th. So, so SEC media days, that's this week. It's like the Big 12, multiple days. Pac-12 is a day. Because they don't want to go through the misery of trying to explain that for three days. No, that would be aggravating. And then then the Big Ten media days are August 26th and 27th, and then it's ready to roll. So when we think back to what
0: we learned in Arlington uh, at Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, for the Big 12 media days, um, and I know so much has been written about it, uh, and you can find more on it on thedeseretnews.com, but my impression as I was there— uh, walking around for three days and, and mixing it up with everybody and the media that's covered the Big 12 for, for um, forever is that BYU belonged. It was the first time BYU was there, but it didn't feel like the first time. It just felt like it seems like you guys have always been there. They treated BYU TV like we'd always been there. And all the coaches came in, they knew who we were, they knew what was going on, they were impressed by the operation, and then they just did interviews and had a good time and moved on like we had always been there. And I watched Keaton Slovis walk into the football stadium and look around, and he'd never been there before, but it felt like BYU had. And I was, I was intrigued by that perspective because BYU hadn't, hasn't been there before. right? But, I, but it felt like they were, and that made me feel good because uh, you know, they, they've wanted to belong for so long. For twelve years as an independent, they wanted to belong, and now now they're belonging, and it felt like they were they'd always been there.
1: Yeah, and you know it's 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 nice that that this program has some good friends already, and, and Kalani's got some dear friends. Dave Aranda, who's the head coach at Baylor, is a, a close friend of Kalani's. Multiple people on that staff, Jeff Grimes and that group, are good friends. Um, you know, Kalani and Steve Sarkeesian are buddies from back in the BYU days, and they're good friends. And uh, you know the other thing. You you talk about culture. I agree with you. It really felt comfortable for BYU, and and everybody just welcomed him. But how how about Steve Sarkeesian? I was wondering. He's Texas's coach. How much of a Cougar can he be? There was still a lot of
0: Cougar in Steve Sarkeesian, right? And there was a picture. DJ is going to put that picture up of uh, Kalani and Steve in the hallway having a having a reunion. and uh, I thought this was one of the great pictures of the week. He's got his longhorn orange on there. But, uh, but he was. it was almost as if he'd just come from the BYU locker room and took his pads off. Uh, he, when we were asking him about the Cotton Bowl he's talking about, he's dropping names left and right like the game just ended. Says he tells his team all the time about the touchdowns he threw at the Cotton Bowl where, where BYU beat Kansas State where Texas plays Oklahoma every year. But then he said this. Um, in front of all the media. This wasn't the BYU TV interview. This was out on the stadium where there was 50 yards of print media and radio media, and uh, and he was asked a question about uh, the BYU brand and what BYU brings to the league, and here's what he said.
1: He said, to me, BYU has been a national brand for decades. Going back to Coach Edwards and what he was able to do with some of the great teams and great players, For them to now be in a Power 5 situation in the Big 12, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for BYU. I'm happy for their alumni and those players. I think it's a great opportunity. We get a chance to play them. I'm glad we don't have to go to Provo. (laughs) Like I said, I'm glad we don't have to go to Provo. (laughs) We get them in Austin, so that will be fun. But I mean, he came out firing. He was very complimentary, especially when he was on on our air, on Sports Nation and on our air uh, at BYU TV, but He's still got a lot of cougar in him. He's got some, some, some BYU pride, which I loved seeing. Yeah. Um, and he just came right out and said, hey, BYU's not just now a major program. They've been in the national spotlight. They've been a national program for decades. So, um, I, and, and I love that. And then, then somebody said, he said, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know what, that's okay if you're a little it bit biased. Okay. It is okay. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: And think about this in the context of what Sark's doing. Uh, he's a former BYU football player. He is the head coach at the University of Texas. It's one of the biggest, most prized college football jobs in America. There aren't many bigger. There's no one with a bigger athletic budget, and there's no one with bigger expectations from a fan base. And we got a BYU guy who's the head coach at Texas. right. And he's taking time to go, but I love BYU. And, and it just, it was cool because all the media is just writing it down and, and recording it. And, and, um, and I, I thought, uh, this is why a guy like Sark is beloved by Cougar Nation because he hasn't forgotten Cougar Nation, even though he gets paid by other guys to win right. games. He's getting paid to beat BYU in October.
1: And he'll, and he'll want to. It's like beating your brother. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know what? Like all of us, it hasn't been a golden life for Sark. He's had to work through some things. It's a redemption story at a number of turns for him, and he's accepted it yeah. and uh, embraced it, yeah. and, uh, and he's just empowered and emboldened by Cougar Nation for a guy who's coaching
1: for Texas. Yeah, and, and for all of us. We want Sark to have tremendous success. Anybody with ties that came through the program, we want to have tremendous success. Not when they face off in Austin in November, right? And but, we're going to try to beat them. But but every, hey, I hope they're undefeated and ranked in the top five in the country when BYU goes in there. Well,
0: they got to play um, at Alabama. It's going to be a it, tough one in yeah. September.
1: <clears throat> so yeah, that's but but that's what you hope for, and you and you wish them unbelievable success when they move into the SEC. You hope that Sark ends up being a legend down there at Texas. It reflects well. We should be rooting for Sark just like we're rooting for Andy Reid to do well with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So, so that was that was fun. I love I love that quote because he basically said, "Hey BYU's, not, they're not just coming on the national right. scene right now. They've been part of the national scene for a long time, hey. and, and we know that, but 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 some don't." I was I was looking at the schedule they played last few years. Not only have they played a Pac-12 schedule, so to speak. But the G5s they played haven't been dog G5s either. They've been teams that are competing at the top of their league. So
0: yeah. Hey, shout out to Amber joining us from Las Vegas, Mike from American Fork, Utah. And we encourage everybody on the live stream to let us know where uh, where you're at. Mitch Matthews just walked in. He's going to join us in a few minutes. We'll talk about that big catch that he made to beat Nebraska, one of the great moments in BYU football history. The Big 12, while we're in Dallas, extended the contract with the Dallas Cowboys and AT&T Stadium to host the Big 12 championship game through 2030. So BYU's got... Seven years to get back to here. get there. Now, let me tell you, that game's never leaving that venue. But the extension is to 2030. And, uh, and I, was, I was talking to Slovis, and, and he hadn't played in an NFL stadium before, with the exception of what the Hurricanes share with, with the Dolphins back in, in Miami last year, his last game at Pitt. But uh, he was just looking around here, and, and, uh, and we were talking about how cool it would be to bring all your teammates to a game here. And, of course, the only way to do it is to be in the championship game.
1: Right, seven years can BYU get there in seven years? Yeah, absolutely, they can get there in seven years. No question so. in my mind that they've got a shot in that time period to re- to return to the scene of the success. Isn't it the last time they played there the Oklahoma game?
0: Yeah, uh, no, they played TCU. Where they played oh, TCU that's after right, I that's forgot. the game that Riley Nelson got up and high five the uh, field judge. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and BYU lost that one, but they beat Oklahoma. And I went down to the end zone, by the way, of where that – uh that McKay happened? Jacobson made that catch. Mm-hmm. It's still a special place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can feel
1: it. Just like when I, – and I mentioned this a, a number of weeks ago, but um, when I was walking across the field at, at Tech in Texas, um, we were walking down kind of the left numbers, and we were going down to go through the tunnel in the end zone. I was there with a former All-American baseball player at Texas for a little event, and uh, he stopped me and said, uh, you know what happened right here, right? And, and he stopped me right there like I don't know what it was the 20 25 yard line right by the numbers there yeah and I thought back I'm like oh I know what happened here because <laughs> Dave McCann and I were standing right there when that happened Taysom this is when Taysom hurdled the, the dude right that's when oh, he hurdled yeah. the dude and he goes yeah that's when your dude Taysom Hill hurdled our guy <laughs> and, and then he said and and I was just thinking what is this guy superhuman like who does this to my team two years in a row it's crazy and he goes but I'm so happy to see that he's even a freak in the NFL because that makes me feel a little bit better, that he does the same thing to guys in the NFL. So
0: Yeah, yeah that's a special spot, Yeah, too. that's a
1: special spot.
0: Hey, John from Provo is here with us tonight. K. Porter from South Jordan, Utah. It's good to have you guys with us. Uh, SEC announced this week that they're going to move their media days next year to Dallas um, at the Omni Hotel, not AT&T Stadium. But yeah, it's been at AT&T. Because the Longhorns are now in their league, so they're going to come in and do that. Right. Um, but... Uh, we got the best spot. That, Absolutely. That stadium that, that's a great screams. place to go. Dallas Cowboys are the number one sporting brand in the world now. And the Big 12 has locked arms with them. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. And how about, um, I'm interested to know what everybody thinks about this. I'm interested to know what you think about this. But the Athletic this week came out with predictions. They predicted BYU would have a four-win season and gave them a less than 20% chance to make their way to a bowl game, to get the six wins and get to a bowl game. Less than 20%. To get the six wins. I don't like
0: either of those. Um, and the guys on Sports Nation were talking about it today, too. Um, four wins, it, it, I can see why they do it, why, why someone would say four wins. There, there are those who say BYU can't stack up to that kind of schedule. They've never even had that kind of schedule. Okay. We, we know the guys. We know the team a little bit. We've talked about six, seven, eight if the ball bounces just the right way, if you stay healthy, seven or eight, right. seems logical.
1: Which would be a phenomenal season if they yeah. went out this year and won that many games. But it's not out of the question. And, and BYU's deeper at some positions than they've been in a long time. So sometimes it's not just about the injuries, the number of injuries. It's at what positions do you have them? If you have a couple of injuries at positions where you're really deep, but where you're really thin, you you stay healthy, you can still have a pretty magical season. So... Um, I I happen to think – I gave my over-under a 7. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm not surprised by 6. I'm not surprised by 8. I think 7 is a realistic number. Hey, um, John – Four seems pretty cheap. John Franklin asked us about um, what do we know about BYU 50, Um, where BYU uh, does stuff in 50 states leading up to the season. Um, It says, will there be boxes dropped in Utah Saturday or do we have to wait for the 29th of July? And you and I just got a text about that today. And they were asking us for From help. Uh, Dave help, Almodova. Yeah, asking for help in a couple of uh, states um, back in the East Coast, I think Maine and, Florida. and Fort Lauderdale.
0: Vermont but, and Florida.
1: Yeah. Um, so We haven't heard anything about yeah, Utah. So we haven't heard um, the schedule yet. But as soon as we hear that, we'll get that out to you for sure. So just tune in. And uh, you know, if we find something between now and the end of the week, we maybe put it out on the Wise Guys uh, site just to give you an update on that.
0: Pick six previews has BYU tied for ninth in the Big 12, and they rank the Cougars number 48 among the P5 programs. So tied for ninth uh, according to the Pick 6 previews. Hmm. What do you think of that?
1: I, I think that there's a lot of people out there that haven't really been very close to BYU and haven't watched them in a few years, and they're just going, well, wait a minute. They lost their, their quarterback to the NFL. They lost their best receiver to the NFL. Um, they lost their NFL running back two years ago and didn't look phenomenal at running back last year. Um, They lost a couple of offensive linemen. um, And they're coming from being a not P5 program, an independent into P5. That's all we need to know. They can't be anywhere near the top of this league or even the middle of the league. And I think that's what decisions are being made on. And they have no concept of – BYU is tricky to predict sometimes because of who's gray-shirting coming back from a mission last year and steps in and plays this year. The transfer portal was really good to BYU this year. It's a much-needed uh, positions, so we're a little closer to it. And I'm just I'm just telling you, they're they're better than four wins, and they're better than the bottom, um, you know, bottom. 10 11. They're they're better than 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, I think.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be so exciting. Every Saturday, where you have all these, you have eight, nine games to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And more than that during the uh, non conference, because everyone, all 14 teams are playing other people. But once we get into league play, every Saturday is going to be fun to. Fun to watch. Should we bring Mitch in? Yeah, let's
1: have Mitch come in. Let's
0: bring Mitch into Did the box. Did you chill out, out now? We,
1: we wanted him to get his breath because I, th- I think Mitch jogged up here. Because <laughs> he, he, he looks fit enough that he probably jogged up here. And even though we don't give away our location because for safety reasons, uh, perfect. we're going to say it's up on a hill someplace in Provo. So Mitch had to jog uphill to get here, uh-huh. right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I went to school. Going uphill both ways, too. Yeah, uh, talk right well, <laughs> into
0: that microphone. So uh, our guest here, and we bring him in a little bit earlier because I want to get his opinion on this uh, college football report of the most hated college football <laughs> programs. Uh, our guest had 152 receptions, is that right, in your BYU career, 2,083 yards, 24 touchdowns, six-six nightmare to defend, delivered a dream finish in the north end zone in one of college football's most iconic football fields at Nebraska. Mitch Matthews is here. We you know you'll have questions for him so bring those in but let's just jump right into this. Let's dive. College Football Report ranked the most hated college. By the way thanks for being here. Yeah. It's good I'm to so see so glad I'm here. We're pumped yeah, to you. Come on now. The most hated college football programs according to College Football Report. They put it out on their social media feed and uh, I thought it was interesting and of course BYU made the list but where they made the list might catch you by surprise. Nationally despised. This is the most hated, according to the college football report. They're going with Michigan,
1: Texas. You played, it, did you, you played at Michigan, Played right? both there. Played at at, at both Texas, those. right? Yeah, so, USC. Didn't play there, right? Ohio
0: State and Alabama. Do you agree with that? The nationally despised? I can see
1: why. <laughs> <laughs> they win the most. They're ranked the most. They're, I just went, whoa, there's the five of the best programs in the history of college football. Right. No wonder, right? right. We always talk about... Tough, tough teams. And in our family, I don't know if you guys do this because you have a bunch of athletes. We always go, who played against the toughest team when they played? And I'm like, well, I played Ohio State twice when they were nationally ranked. And we played Michigan. And, you know, and then Dallas, my son-in-law says, well, we played because he played in the Pac-12 at Stanford. And And then Kellen always goes, I played against USC in the Coliseum when they had Matt Leinard, Reggie Bush. And we all go, oh, you won, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> right. won. That's off so the top. Ends for sure. that co- ends that conversation. So we, nationally despised. Which was tougher, playing at Michigan or Texas? When when you played, oh, well, Michigan was a better
2: team for sure. Playing at Texas was was fun because we we just we ran all over them. Yeah. Um, I, Notre Dame should be on that list for sure. I think they should. Oh, they're coming. They're coming yeah, out their So okay. nationally
1: despised. Michigan, Texas, USC, Ohio State, Oh, there Alabama. we go. Now yeah. let's, let's
0: go to very hated. Yeah, very hated. Very hated's the next category. Okay. <laughs> Notre Dame, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Florida. Bunch of winners, of course. It's a,
1: it's a
2: who's who of college
1: football, It's the just first a bunch two. of winners. No one hates yeah. the losers. Yeah. Hated, so they're not very hated. They're just hated. Texas A&M, Miami, Penn State, Tennessee, Florida State, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Auburn. You played, you played at Tennessee, right? No. No. Um, Nebraska, there. though. Played, played at, Nebraska. at Nebraska. I don't I know Nebraska how that's there. on the list,
2: though, because their, fan, their fans were the best I ever I, play, ever. I agree ever. with that. Dave and I were nicest. there, and we they, agree with that. They give us well, – they waited until we left the locker room, which was hours after the game, and they gave us a standing ovation when we left the locker room. Yeah. Nice, such nice such people, good fans.
0: But people hate them because they win, right? Yeah. They haven't won lately. But remember, when we were growing up, it yeah. was Nebraska-Oklahoma. 70s and 80s, yeah. Every oh, time. Yeah. Big eight was on the line. And so now let's go to
1: the not liked. Yeah, we got BYU right on top of the not liked, uh-huh. Oregon, Washington, West Virginia, Central Florida, Pittsburgh, Iowa, North Carolina, Colorado, UCLA, and South Carolina. Those are the not
0: liked, not hated, not despised. They're just not liked. Not very hated, just not liked. Yeah. And and for BYU, um, I, their not liked part might have more to do with... Um, uh, how people might feel about the church a religious around the country, yeah. how they might feel about, because although BYU's got a ton of wins, they don't have a, it's not like they've mowed through the P5s of the world. Right. Historically. Um, and so, you know, like the Mountain West, they they wouldn't like BYU. They always got beat by them. Right. You know, and, and the whack. But you get outside of the, why would BYU not be liked? Just, Probably some misunderstanding. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's the missionaries yeah. yeah. Interpreta- knocked on their door a
1: couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've talked to a lot of um, opposing fans that have come in for games, and, and I know BYU's tried to pattern what they do at home after places like Nebraska and Notre Dame where they treat opposing fans so well. And I've only heard rave reviews other than from Utah fans.
2: Yeah, right. I, right, I, I, will, yeah. I
1: will you know put that in a different category, but everybody else that comes in says, wow, that was just an amazing experience. Even Keaton Slovis, the quarterback now, yeah. said... My family had an unbelievable experience when they came here. Yeah. They talked about what a great environment it was. Um is that a good thing to be to be a great home environment that treats visitors with respect? To- you know, I still think you can be
2: quote-unquote nasty during the game, but then you have a ton of respect after the game, which I think is totally fine. I think this is what the players want. You don't want to leave your college career and have people hate you for the horror stories that left their families in, right? Yeah. Um, I, I do think, though, that a lot of those um, BYU should be higher on that list of hated because we beat <laughs> a lot of those teams. that <laughs> That's are right. And so I, I see why we're hated for sure. Uh, now there's the nationally liked part too.
3: Yeah,
0: ten schools made that list.
2: I don't think you want to be on that list, by the way. If you're no. just always liked, you know
0: TCU, what I mean? Kansas, Iowa State of the Big Twelve, they're the three that three got three in the there.
1: Big
2: Twelve. Yeah. And if you're not on any of these
0: lists, no one even cares you exist. So as Utah right.
1: was Utah on any list in no. No, no, they no. weren't even. No. No. The, 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 no, an
0: afterthought. Yeah. What in Utah State? Not on anything. No. No. You got to be. You've got to earn your
2: way. You right tell you way By it. the way, I, I like, love that we're on that list. Like, if you're on that list, you're glad you're on that list. Yes, There's just something about it. You're glad, right? No. Now, Mitch, we asked Ty
0: Detmer if he ever gets tired of talking about winning the Heisman Trophy, and we've asked Jim McMahon if he ever gets tired about talking about the pass to Clay Brown, the Miracle Bowl. Both said no. So um, when it comes to this catch against Nebraska to beat the Cornhuskers in
2: 2015, does it get old? Has it gotten old? No not not at all you, you might think it would because not a day goes by where i don't talk about it uh, but the <laughs> stories that come of it are just hilarious right a kid came up to me probably no more than a week ago and he says my dad said that he's cried only two times in his life one was when his mom passed away and the other time was when you <laughs> caught the hail mary against nebraska and so when you hear stories like that you're just like how could i not love talking about it and i'm not joking not a day goes by where it doesn't come up What what are,
0: the, what, are what is it about these moments that um that lasts forever and what's it like to be a part of one
2: i think it's the emotion attached to the moment right it's the most excited people have been in a long time they had shed tears for the first time in a long time and then people just remember where they were when they heard the news or heard on the radio or saw it and there's a story attached to it so when something reminds them of it they just love to talk about the emotion behind it
1: yeah well dave and i which has been the case for a lot of big moments in byu sports of course We were right there next to the pylon on the sideline because we had done a sideline show, pregame and postgame show for that game. So we're down there like, hey, it's going to be a Hail Mary. So let's just get right down here. And we were on the side that you... Smart. Yeah, we were on that right side. And uh, you caught it. And we saw that you caught it. And Dave and I immediately... We didn't jump up and down because we immediately looked at each other and went... Did he get the ball over the goal line? It's close. And, and it's Dave's close. like, did, did, did he get the ball over the goal line? <laughs> I don't know if he got the happened? ball over the goal line. Like we, were, we were more in a panic for a second, right? So was I. I'm right and, there and, with you. And then once they indicated it, then we jumped up and down yeah, yeah. And, show, and showed our emotion. But So we were outside the players that were on the field defending you and your teammates. Dave and I were the two I closest I think there's pictures people. of you guys in it. Yeah. Were they, if you got They're, that angle, there's you two, two, in, two in it. We're the two closest people that. That next are, to Cosmo. Yeah, <laughs> we're right You should have joined him in the dog pile. So, Cosmo not. was in there. You could have just, I
2: mean, really, the referee was part of the, the so celebration. You could guys could have jumped in. So we reminisce we about, about, about
1: those those kinds of plays. So, so let's go back in time. Nebraska was leading 28-27 at the time. And you're on the 42-yard line. Um, there's one second left on the clock. Um, but we actually want to take you back a play before that. And I know Dave talked about this with, with you before. BYU actually tried to throw an out to you mm-hmm. on the play before that. And and you didn't get a foot down. Mm-hmm. If you get that foot down, how does that change everything?
2: Field goal. Cool. Yeah. Field goal. Because cool. I think what, what we've been at, 35 yards away, right. that been in. that's still Hail Mary-esque. It's still in that zone of it's... It's there's it not a play to get you 35 yards down the field and open. It's still hail mary, and so those odds go down to less than one percent. But a field goal that's 50 plus yards still is in the 10 to 20 percent range, if not more. Right. And so stats. I mean, Coach hall is not emotional, so he's going with stats alone, and we would have kicked a field goal for sure.
1: And, and was the play designed? It's like, hey, we're going to hit Mitch with a quick with a quick out. Yep. If he catches it, we're going to we're going to run and yep. kick a field goal. That yep. was the plan, right? 100. percent Yep. And and you caught it, but didn't get a foot down. Yep. And so now. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. goodness. Gosh, these <laughs> big, 15 that would have been,
2: size 15 shoe. That would have be. been the
1: worst successful play ever in BYU history. Right? Now that we have the hindsight to look at it, right?
2: Well, it almost was the most unsuccessful play ever when I cut the ball at the one yard line and almost didn't get in. I, I, oh. I, I would not want to talk about that every no. single day. Hey, but, no. and,
1: and see, we remember those kinds of plays too. We, we think about BYU um, undefeated back at, at uh, East Carolina, not East Carolina, Coastal Carolina. And, oh, and, yeah. and ending up on the 1 yard line. 1 yard line. Oh my right. gosh. Right. Yeah. Like, that's just right. of, like we talk about it right now and Let's we all and we all just go oh my Chill. gosh. Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel terrible, right? Yeah. So we didn't want that to happen. So now now it's not in. You're back in the huddle, you're on the 42 yard line. It's like okay. Okay, now we got now we have to throw the Hail Mary. Yeah. What was talked about in the huddle right before that? Uh
2: nothing. I, and it's a funny story because we practice this play called Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the signal was was uh like a lumberjack chopping with an axe. That was the signal in case there was no time for timeouts. And we all knew that was coming up. Big men it was our tallest receivers. I run to the middle of the end zone, Taryn to the front, Nick Kurtz to the back, we're all 6'5 and above. If it goes to the back of the end zone, Nick's supposed to tip it forward to me. If it's in the front of the end zone, Terrence supposed to tip it back to me. And I run diagonal across the field. It's supposed to go to the middle, so Tanner. He's supposed to hit me in the middle. Maybe if it wasn't such a duck, it would have flown farther. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, I'm running sideways. and I told Davis, my mindset was I have to have a little bit of redemption in that game. I didn't have a crazy great game that game. I think they, they put a lot of cover, two on my side that game. And I wanted to have a big moment for myself. Obviously, it's something you dream about your whole life. But I remember being a little bit just angry and just i needed to change the trajectory of the game with Taysom with our team we, we needed something and so it was my opportunity to make a play but right before then uh we walk over to the sideline already knowing what the play call was mm-hmm. and uh coach nine his his voice just said well you boys know what to do and we, he didn't even call the play we already knew the play because we had practiced it every single week just in case of that moment so uh i guess that's why you do it yeah well it it worked
0: yep uh but describe the journey you're, you line up to the left uh, on the, in the formation. Tanner gets the shotgun snap, rolls to the right, and waits for you to go 60 yards mm-hmm. to the corner, right in front of the end zone on the right side. What, what Walk us through that journey.
2: Yeah. So I, I guess that's supposed to be a little bit of... Uh of a loop in the defense, loophole in the defense is me coming diagonal across as no one's really paying attention to me. If you watch the DB that was guarding me, he just sort of trotting behind me, and letting me get by myself. I remember running down like, this is the moment where DBs are supposed to be just hanging on me. There's not going to be a flag ever. And so they didn't, I was kind of jogging by myself. And as I saw the ball flying, obviously it wasn't to anyone in specific. It was just to a place. And I knew that no one was really on me. I said, if I just Run a little bit faster, and make my body as big as I can. Even you know, with my elbows and with my legs. If you see the picture, you see my legs spread, you know, as as flexible as possible to keep these guys behind me. And um, I remember jumping up, and throughout my whole career, never caught the ball in my body. But I knew in this moment I had to, because as I jumped up, I could feel the pressure of two DBs on my back. One of them was really, really good. Nathan Gary was an NFL uh, free safety linebacker. He was on my left side. Other DB was on my right side and I could feel them. And if you watch the slow-mo of the play, I am getting like, I'm a a noodle out there getting rocked by these guys. Ball gets closer. I knew I had to catch on my body because someone was going to hit the ball away if I caught it with my hands. Mm -hmm. Had to catch on my body. I forget which arm it was in. Let's just say my left arm. Because it had landed right there already, I knew that when my feet hit the ground, I had to spin that direction because I knew my feet were still outside, in, outside the goal line. Yeah. No. When they hit down, I, I could – I mean, your peripherals, you know everything that's going on. When my feet were hitting down outside the goal line. I knew that I had to spin the direction of where the ball was in my arm, which was the left side, turned to the left, and fell in. I knew for a fact it was a catch because my knees being down or you know, the, the ball, not, ball hitting the ground was not a factor. So I knew when I turned – and I looked down, I could see the goal line in between my legs, and I peeked down on the balls in my, le- in, in my left arm. And that's when I f- you know, factually knew that the thing was a catch, and it, ha- it, had, to, it had to be real in that moment. And it, I think a lot of the fans said maybe, you know, is it real that it actually happened like you guys had? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I knew it had uh, to happen because um, just where the ball was.
1: It's In moments like that, so for Dave and I, and, and we've talked about it a lot, to us, it felt like when Tanner released the ball, everything went in slow motion and it got silent.
2: 100%. Like, and,
1: and so when you're out on the field, did it feel that same way? Did the ball feel like it was up there forever and multiple thoughts going through your mind about what has to be done? And so that, and I don't know, maybe the ball's in the air for three and a half seconds. Did, yeah. it, did it feel like it was a lot longer?
2: Dead silent for sure. Because
1: mm-hmm. I mean, they have, they have a lot more,
2: I think, so, I mean... They're just waiting on, on, on pins and needles just, just for that ball to hit the ground so they can just go home. Like that's all they want, so it's just dead silence, the three-and-a-half-second wait for them. But to us players, it meant everything. That's the moment we've been waiting for our whole entire life. And so the silence helped, you know. Um, but for me, it was just an opportunity to do something that I've dreamed of my whole entire life. And luckily for me, uh, you watch the Hail Marys that have happened in the past at BYU. Th- those, they might not think, those people – uh, that they really made an impact, but they did. Because the fact that those had happened in the past at BOU it paves the way for guys like me to go back and do the same. Because Hail Marys are such a low chance, but when you see that other guys had done it before, other people in college football had done it, other guys in the NFL, they're doing those big plays, uh, why not me? And I remember, I remember thinking very clearly in that moment. I had time to think, there was a timeout. I had time to talk, I had time to think through it, and had time to really digest and say, this could be my moment let's see how it, let's yeah. see how it goes right and and, and BYU, uh you know the the uh, the guys that had done it before i think it was what year was that the, the last Hail mary uh well clay browns was in 80 yeah 80.
0: 1980 and it seemed like we may have had a couple but we're very few game ender Hail Marys. Yeah. right so the School last history.
1: play of the game was like remember mitch had one jurgens had one the next game yeah but 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 it wasn't the end of the game yeah you know, so uh, an like actual last, last play. Actual, yeah, yeah, Hail yeah. Mary last play yeah. of the game moment. There's yeah. not that many not in BYU many. history.
2: But luckily, there were some because I. I mean, that those are things you we see the highlights all the time as players. You you, you guys talked about him. You guys are had told us all about these you know the history of OU. And so when those moments arise, it's uh, for guys like me, it's a chance to go duplicate it because it had been done before. So I'm grateful for you know. Did, BYU did you history. come out
1: like when we talk to people about big plays? Like I was even talking to Jackson Emery one time, and and they're playing in a game. Um, and there was a moment where uh, Dave Rose said to him, "You have to go make a play, like right now. We have to have a play." And and he's a defender. He's like, "Okay." So he goes out and he goes, "I got to go make a play." And he goes and makes a steal. Yeah, he gets a steal, and they get the ball, and they get a run out, they and they win the game. And and everybody I've talked to, um, you know, talks about that moment when they go, "Oh, I I have to go make a play right now. This yeah. is the, I've got to do this." Did you feel that way? Because you knew you were the primary receiver on that. Yeah. Did you feel like? I have got to go make a play right now.
2: 100%, yeah,
1: like, and it's exciting
2: too. I I remember feeling abnormally calm and excited for that moment. Just, I I remember feeling like this is a chance for me to go and do what I've dreamed of. How many people get that shot? You know, I I felt like the luckiest guy alive to even have that opportunity, and uh, you know, Luck was obviously involved, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, when those opportunities present themselves, it's my chance to to go capitalize. If I've been thinking about a play like that my whole life, might as well go do something about it.
0: Former BYU receiver Mitch Matthews on the Wise Guys, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. And we appreciate uh, everybody on our stream tonight. Let us know where you're streaming from and and, uh, send your comments and questions. We'll get to some here in just a moment for Mitch. Describe that feeling uh, in that moment. As you're laying in the end zone, and now you you know you have a touchdown. Uh, are you most happy for yourself, for Tanner Mangum, Taysom Hill, who left the game with a season-ending injury uh, after throwing a touchdown to you earlier? Yeah. Bronco Menenhall, Cougar Nation, the sliver of fans that somehow got tickets that were there. Who was oh my it?
2: Gosh, I think I've met every single person in that <laughs> section by the way, because they find a way to at least at least contact me, and we've talked. Um, There was so much emotion in that game, because at the first half, we didn't know how bad Taysom's injury was. We thought maybe it was a quarter thing, but I think somewhere in the fourth quarter, I think it was Dr. Kimball had come back and had made it official to us. Like, it's over for him for the whole season. I remember Uh, it being so, just so horrible, and you have to play through. And at that moment, too, we heard the news, but we're also, we went from beating or winning to now losing somehow. So the emotions mm -hmm. are very, very high. You got this new this new freshman quarterback in whoever loved and everyone believed in, but that's such a big change. You know, you go the last the last eight months prepping with Taysom, you, we're super close to who's this new guy Tanner Mangum, uh, and so it, it was all over the place. And we're still playing a game, right? Um, so for me, it was uh, it was it was for the you know the team first for sure. Uh, it was for the guys because everyone was going through a lot emotionally at that right. time. Uh, if you saw my embrace with Taysom after the game, it was just highly emotional because we truly loved each other. Yeah. And uh, the, luckily, uh, there was there was uh, so many factors there, and there were so many people that this moment meant a lot to. Um, there was only three people that could catch that ball, right? Me, no. Nick, or, or uh, Taron Houck. and so it was up to us three to go make a play for all of Cougar Nation, for all the team, and for to make that bitter moment for Taysom just a little bit sweeter.
1: And it's interesting to me; we people forget about what happened previous to that because you just block all that out and, yeah. and just focus on that big, big play. But I remember you and I having a conversation on the sideline, and and coming into that season, you know, Dave was saying to me, "What you, know, you played that position? What what do you want to see from Taysom?" And I just said. I want him to, to arrive now mentally where he just is so in command of the offense that the ball's coming out quick on time and in the right spots because physically he's so crazy gifted. He can run all over the place. he got this big arm. I just want to see that. And, and you remember before he got hurt, I was going, this is going to be a good. dude this year. Like He, yeah. he looked good. He is yeah. doing everything I hoped he would do. Like this dude is going to be crazy good he this year. Good. And, and then he went down. And I remember thinking, oh, no. Yeah. All of this work to progress to the level that he had. And this could be a special season. And nothing against Tanner Mangum, but he's a freshman. Yeah. Right? And, and all of that is forgotten because we make the big play at the end. Yeah, yeah. The play at the Taysa end of the looked game.
2: good. He looked good in that game, yeah, didn't he? A lot he? of the rece- I mean, Nick Hurts had 126 yards that game, I think. The was He was throwing
1: BBs all over the yard, making quick good. decisions, running away from people. like.
2: We would have beat he, them.
1: He, he looked like that, you know, We would have beat the crap handily, out of him. Very yeah. handily, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so uh, Bullseye uh, writes in. Uh, sometimes magic happens. We've heard that from Austin yeah. Collie <laughs> back in the day. We've seen it in the alumni yeah, game. Yeah, sometimes yeah. magic happens. But so you're laying in the end zone, and uh, your roommate Nick Kurtz jumps on you, and 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 is shouting. <laughs> you guys are legends. Uh, Taryn Hauk Not not sure what to do. He's in the area. He turns to the field judge who's signaling touchdown, and he goes and gives him a bear hug. So
2: good! All this stuff going on. Cosmo's in there somehow I mean, it, it was just so it was so good the, the, the Taron Howe hug was so good I don't know why BYU players hug red. I like the second time in the last eight <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that happens you just look for a friend it just yeah I don't know what it is if, if Taron was actually thinking that that guy wanted to hug I have no idea but uh, emotions were high and so um they just made that moment hilariously great and uh uh the dog pile lasted I mean I told Dave this I if I would have died in that moment, yeah, fine. Okay. that's that's totally <laughs> that's the way to fine. go out. That's a good weird, way. The way to go out for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, to relive uh, the story is even better. So uh, it was a yeah magical moment, and uh, uh, we we deserved uh, to win that game by how we were playing that first half of the game, and yeah. so to, to finish that way for everybody, Cougar Nation, the, my teammates, it was for it was for everyone to have uh, a piece in BYU history, especially my teammates.
1: And we talked about the fact that that hasn't happened very often. They've had some big plays. That happened maybe two or three plays before the end of the game, or a series before the end of the game. But this is the last play of the game, so so now all that celebration on the field, you now immediately get to go into the locker room. Yeah. So, but there's like there's got to be two feelings in that locker room. There's crap. Taysom's out for the season, Mm -hmm. so there's that. But there's hey, we just had a hail mary win this game. What what was that locker room like, and was it a little bit of bitter and sweet?
2: Yeah. Um. I was on the field for a while after with Tanner doing, you know, interviews, whatever, and I uh, came in the locker room. And I remember the second I got in the locker room after, you know, hugging my, my, my family, uh, it was just, it was all tears. Cause I was just, worst tasting, worst tasting. Someone grabbed me and brought me directly to him and he had stood up and him and I just embraced for a while. Cause like I said, it was months. and then years, he, you know, he kept having the injuries where we had prepped all off season for just an unfortunate injury. And so especially our senior year together, the first game, that this the contrast of the highest of high to what was in that moment, the lowest of low for us was just such a wide range. Mm. And then the tears are flowing. But um, it was, if you look at the, 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 film of the locker room, I think coach Mendenhall is getting, you know, tossed in the air by the team where everyone's <laughs> going crazy. I'm actually missed that part, but then there's some somber moments as well. And then, so you just felt every emotion along the range of super excited to super sad. Um, but how can you not celebrate a moment like that? But how can you not embrace your teammate? Who's, who's your actual brother in those times and, uh, isn't, that, to why, buoy him up? isn't that why we
0: love sports Because it's a blend of real life and fantasy with real people. Yeah. And there is the, you know, ABC nailed it. There's the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat all mixed in and sometimes within seconds of each other. Yeah. And that drives us to participate in it and to watch it.
2: Yeah. And that's probably that's for me. That was a, that was a, a, a probably the most bittersweet moment in my uh, definitely in my sports career yeah. for sure. And so you had to, you had to feel those emotions. You couldn't skip one. You had to, you had to enjoy it at the same time, mourn with your brother.
1: Uh, Mitch Matthews is our guest uh, tonight on the Wise Guys. Played at BYU two thousand nine. And then twelve through fifteen, following your LDS mission to Orlando, Florida. Yeah. great place to go serve. Fantastic. Um, let's go back so in we, time. Yeah, we start. We started with the the biggest moment, obviously, because yeah, yeah. that's just so fun. It's I'm so glad it. we a great got to it. You know. So so let's let's talk about some other moments and, and go back in history. October fourth, two thousand thirteen. This is your first collegiate touchdown catch. You actually caught three in that game against Utah State, finishing with uh, five receptions, one hundred and twelve yards, three touchdowns. How was that for making a first impression?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll never forget that day for sure. Uh, at this time, I'm trying to make a name for myself. I I, I started uh, you know multiple games my sophomore year, and uh, but you know I was playing behind an all-American and Cody Hoffman. I was right. in my same position, so when he needed a, a, you know a, a drink of water, it was my time to go shine. <laughs> we just and had Cody so,
1: on a couple of weeks ago. So. So, is it really?
2: So yeah. Cody
0: set to the school record in touchdown receptions but you go in and you steal three of his touchdowns in one game, (laughs) one game,
2: (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah. And so it was a great way to put me on the coach's radar as a guy who's a future future starter and maybe even that year uh, to come out like that. And I really solidified myself in the coach's eyes as a, as a playmaker and a guy that was a deep threat. And uh, um, man, it was uh, for me injury the year before injury a little bit after this was, was tough, but it was a great way for me to jump on the scene for, uh, you know, from scouts to teammates, to coaches, to fans, October 18th, 2014. 16 receptions
0: for 182 yards and two touchdowns in a 42 to 35 defeat to Colin Kaepernick in Nevada. It was a wild game uh, in Provo. The 16 catches are number two at BYU for most in a game. Jay Miller's got the school record with 22 against New Mexico back in 1973. But 16, that's, that's a, a, a sweet he 16.
1: A b- he caught a bunch of slants. Jay recruited me. He was the offense coordinator really? um, um Back at Brown University in the Ivy League no when way. I was growing up in New York in twenty two. He called me and goes, yeah. This is Jay Miller. I'm like, "The Jay Miller from BYU that caught twenty two balls? Gary Shady. He's <laughs> like, Yeah, because I knew,
2: you know, and he's like, That's me.
1: Gary Shady.
0: Shady threw it to him every single time. Yeah, they
1: threw a bunch of slants. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but you He, was, 16. Don't, I meant, I was, he thinking was an acrobatic, bubbles. crazy good, talented receiver. Really? But but when he got up around 17, they threw him a few slants. Just to get him yeah, yeah, get over him, the hump, which, yes.
2: which is which fine. I actually <laughs> had, I sh- I had, and I'm going to say I had. I'll go to my grave saying I had 17 catches that game. I remember sprinting up uh, to Coach Hall to throw the red flag for me because I knew for a fact I was in. This time, my, my my size 15 shoe did drag in, but the refs called me out. They called you out. So it should have been 17 if you guys go back and watch so it. So why didn't Bronco me.
0: throw the flag? What do you say was, we 17. were on the
2: hurry-up offense, so there's just not enough time. He's just, you know, get back out there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I promise. And it was a good, you know. Twenty something yarder too, so it would have put me over at the two hundred range so and seventeen catches. So just a catches.
1: phenomenal. Like what? What was it about the matchups in that one? Were were, were you just? Did you just outsize these guys? They didn't have the quickness to stay with you. Was it the, you know, the scheme they were playing? But you just seemed to be making plays all game long in that yeah. game. Yeah, a couple things. I, I, I mean.
2: Christian Stewart knew how to throw me the throw me the rock, for sure. Christian had, had a great had a group. He, had a, he
1: had a great arm.
2: Great arm, and he loved to throw me the rock. So I, I saw him, Christian, like a week ago for the first time, and, and man, it just brought back so many memories. Um, you know, at certain times of the game, let's say, I think we were down for uh, in the fourth quarter, um, and when you're on a, that hurry-up offense, the DB sort of sag back a little bit and give you a lot of the freedom to have these dink-and-dunk plays. And so I did rack up a couple catches from that, but I just think... Hey, look I, I don't know how we lost that game that was so embarrassing to be probably the most embarrassing loss of my career besides Michigan but it was for a different reason this is Nevada and uh, uh Noah, <laughs> sorry but this that was to yeah. us. it was it was just like And they were decent they were good yeah, but and, still. And, and
1: Colin was a beast like I remember before the game but he we wasn't were, there
2: that he was there before he wasn't there that game Oh he wasn't no, there that wasn't that one. This that game? Was, No no I was 2010 Oh that's right cuz yeah, 2010
1: 2010 I went down we we did the 2010 game and we I went down to the field like I do before the games and I came back up and Dave goes what, what about that Kaepernick kid I'm like he's humongous he's like freak. he's a freak he's yeah a that's freak. my bad
0: so i don't know no. who the quarterback yeah, who was, he
1: was the the quarterback. Quarterback, Kaepernick,
2: but it makes remember. it even worse by the way that, no, that does, does make it, worse. it was it was probably my least favorite loss cuz uh, yeah it was we're restructuring our offense taysom had just recently gotten injured and uh uh to lose at home to Nevada, which yeah. was just, it was not Nevada a good, not a pretty one. We even did even if like that, that one.
0: even if that catch had counted, and got you seventeen, you'd stooping number two. I know. So right, you I, I, I hurt. I, I know. I know. Six
1: slants. Uh, uh, shout uh, out. because it's hurt a couple of bowl routes. You know what I the slot.
0: A shout out to Tammy joining us from New York tonight. Thanks, Tammy. All right.
1: Hey, that's my. Hey, Tammy Van Houten is my cousin.
0: That's your cousin from New York. Yeah, wow. she's a, she's up
1: in she's up in upstate. Is
0: she like your cousin cousin, or is it a vice sick him a cousin? Well, you tell me. No, no, no.
1: You tell me was my cousin. Her, her, well, her husband, his mom is my dad's baby sister. Okay, he's her That's husband really. is my first cousin. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is counts. not this is not like Kalani's related to everybody and yeah, Vi's yeah, 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 related yeah, yeah, yeah. to everybody.
0: Tammy, thanks for Tammy joining is the show. actually
1: my first cousin. And, All right. And, and and by the way, they live um, in a home on Cayuga Lake, just outside of Penyan. I'll show you guys pictures. Like. It might be the most beautiful place in the world. They live in the really? Finger Lakes, Lakes region in, a, in an old uh, national historic home that is so beautiful. It's making me want to go there right now. Anyhow, hey, way to be on Tammy. I appreciate you being on. <laughs> so, um, so, so let's go. Let's go. Terrible loss. Now let's go to November twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen. Because not a loss. This is six receptions, one hundred and fifty eight yards, two touchdowns, including a career long seventy two yard score. Yeah. That's the 51-28 win against Utah State. That, that's the way to. That was a beat
2: down. Yeah, that was a beatdown. That was a beat down. I still hear about, Utah, you know, if I meet any Aggie, I'm not liked there for sure. I'm on their, I'm on their. <laughs> your whole family despised has caused list. Problems. <laughs> That list. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm on their absolutely despised list. Me and my brother, top right. one and two.
0: Walk us through the 72-yarder. At what point are you just running for your life?
2: First of all, I want to say this. You just brought back a memory. When I came back after catching that. Uh, coach and I grabs me. He says, what was that? I said, what do you mean? He goes, you almost dropped it. On oh, the that that was set? it. That was it. That's but all he, he said. He, it wasn't congrats. It wasn't a bust. <laughs> laugh. it was, what was that? You almost dropped it. Come on. Anyways, that was, that was, I guess his way of showing love. Uh, yeah. I think it was a, uh, uh, three deep routes, one crosser and me up the sideline and Tanner threw it a little bit behind me, which actually helped. So it's been away from the DB, but, um, yeah, cold games I I did well in. I thrived in those games. I don't know if it's because I grew up in Oregon, and it was colder there and wet games, I don't know, but So what like yeah. you caught
0: it, the defender fell down, and you jogged the rest of the way? No, I
2: was just You always spe- just speed speed out there. Out you know out you know these mean? guys. I was right. like, a, was like running a speed ladder. <laughs>
1: it, it, you know, it's interesting you mentioned it was a little bit behind so it spun you away from the receiver. In today's football, um we see so many what we call and I think people understand it now back shoulder throws. Yeah. And and they did a little bit when but not as much, like now it just seems like Hey, if the DB's on top, throw it back shoulder. Yeah. You know, if the DB's trailing, throw it over the top. Um, was that as big a deal uh, when you were playing where um – Quarterback just looks at the coverage and nonverbal communication. He's well, just going to throw. signals for it. We had signals so, for it. So throw that back yeah, shoulder. We had you guys 100%. He, he, yeah. You know, let's say
2: it's third and eight, mm-hmm. right? And so it didn't need to, need to be like a long back shoulder throw, which is a little more high risk. What's, the, just, what's the signal? Did you just were put dart. your hand up? Or no, what? it was a little hip thing. I think it was something like this, like Christian Stewart and Taysom did, but it was a little hip thing where I would run five or six steps and just peek back and the ball was already in the air and I'd just spin away and catch it. It was such an easy play.
1: Yeah, it's undefendable, right? Yeah.
2: You, UConn, I can is that a word?
1: F- is undefendable a word? It, it is tonight. Okay. It
2: works perfect, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's always undefendable, right? Yeah. If a receiver and a quarterback can get the chemistry of back shoulder phase it's impossible to defend. Yeah,
1: It really is, Very unless they have underneath a coverage. A when, when Mitch said earlier, we, I always try to explain to everybody, you said, yeah, in that game, they were playing a lot. Of, again, in the Nebraska game, they are playing a lot of too deep coverage on my side of the field, meaning that there's an underneath defender that doesn't have any deep responsibility, so he can sit on everything yeah. underneath, and he's got help from a safety over the top. So, if you get by that guy and you go to the top, there's additional there's help the on top. And it makes it tough as, as a wide receiver against that type of defense. In the Nebraska game, they did that. Obviously, they did not do that to him in the Nevada game. No. Or, yeah, no. Or, no, or, no, or no. the Utah it was State free, game. It was free
2: reign. Yeah, yeah I don't know what or they did. Or the were Utah State doing. game. If a team was playing, man, it was. Yeah, the teams that beat us my senior year, if you look back, all played cover two the whole game. Yeah. yeah.
0: Scraggs at 99 in from Billings, Montana. I was in that small sliver of Cougar fans in Lincoln that day. All yeah, right. Baby. Good to have you with us. That's awesome stuff. So big plays run in your family on September 30th, 2011. I believe you're on your mission. Uh-huh. Uh, your brother Marcus catches a deflected ball in the end zone with 11 seconds left to beat Utah State 27 to 24. What is it about the Matthews brothers and Utah State?
2: <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what it is. I think what it's from, though, is all of my family, my mom's side of the family, all of them are Utah State fans. Really? All, they're all from... That west side of Wyoming, Wyoming's, so they all went to Utah State. So all the family reunion pictures are all Utah State and then our little slipper of BYU. And so there's something there about revenge. You know, <laughs> I don't know what it he is. You guys got for those games. You were ready for those We games. were ready. We didn't sleep, man. We were ready to go. <laughs> so the ball just seemed to go, go our direction and get tipped the right way, I guess. So you're
0: on your mission. How does Marcus let you know that he was the hero?
2: I think I got woken up by every member in the ward texting me because they're only the only <laughs> ones that have my number. Them texting me, uh, you know, pictures and, you know, there's like 30 text messages because like, it was a late night game. Yeah. yeah and it's East Coast time that right. I'm on, so I'm asleep. So I didn't find out the next morning. But um, sure enough, it was I was a highlight of my mission, find that out. It was amazing. You know, those emails yeah. I get back from him, he's, you know, diving into the game plans, he's diving into all that. He knew I'd geek out over that. But to hear <laughs> that, though, was just huge. It was awesome. It was fun to call, and it was such an impressive. Probable It was Riley
0: Nelson's coming out party of, I'm yeah. the quarterback now, yeah. and that last second drive and then the tip, and the Aggies had that game won five different ways yeah. and BYU left yep. with the students crush in the field. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then Dave said to me, was he the intended receiver? I'm like, I don't know. I, don't know. I think it was J.J. DiLuigi. <laughs> I don't it was. know. It, it came a little hot for <laughs> yeah. DiLuigi. It, and it, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. No. It's like, in the Holiday Bowl in 1984, um, Glenn Kozlowski and I are still convinced that Robbie was throwing the ball away on a touchdown. Like, <laughs> yeah. he was throwing our guys hanging on him. He went to throw the ball away, and he just couldn't get enough on it because the guy's hanging on him. And Glenn elevates to, like, 11 feet and comes down with it like he, like plastic, man. He's out of the back of the end zone. He gets, gets a foot down. Insane. And, and then he comes over, and, and Glenn says, were you throwing that away? And, and, and I'm right next to him. I'm like, he obviously was throwing it away. And Robin's like, I wasn't <laughs> throwing it away. I was throwing it to you. And Glenn yeah. goes, you were it's throwing it It's even better away. if he's throwing it away, <laughs> though. You were
0: throwing it away. He so. sat in that chair right where you were a yeah. few months ago. He yeah. said, of course I threw it right to Cusco. like, yeah, right. right. right.
1: I threw it to him. And of course we talked to Glenn. He's and Glenn only, goes, no, no, he was throwing it away. He's the only one to say that. Yeah, the quarterback.
0: Mitch Matthews on the Wise Guys tonight after BYU made some free agent stops with the Chiefs, Browns, Vikings, and Dolphins. What was your NFL experience like for a guy who – is six 6'6", can catch, can run, but for whatever reason, the NFL wasn't there. Is it timing? Is it, is it hey, there's a bunch of receivers here? Why, why doesn't it work out for some where others are in their, like, 15th year?
2: Yeah, it's a very good question, and uh, totally happy to talk about it. It, uh, it. It's hard to connect the dots, as I think it is for a lot of people right. that go there. Um, it was a lot of mistakes on my part, flat out. When I was uh, you know, undrafted, it's draft day. I, I'm getting calls from a bunch of head coaches, Mike McCarthy's and the Packers, and Andy Reid, and they're all like, hey, if we don't take you in the fifth round, we want you to come play for us. Sixth round comes by, they call again. Hey, if we don't take you right now, you know, come play for us. And I don't know if that was a re- recruiting technique or whatever it was, but <laughs> sure enough, yeah, I did, didn't get drafted. I was super upset about it and uh, had the option. The, the, the best two options uh, were the Chiefs and uh, the Packers. And when Andy Reid calls and says, look, like – like you know pretty much wink wink behind the phone you're gonna come be a chief and, and that's that's end of story you know you're mm-hmm. kind of like you know yes sir let's go do it but that was the biggest mistake of my life right there really? which which was you know that year I show up there's 15 receivers and I show up and I drop my bags in off in my room and my roommate is Tyreek Hill who's yeah. the best player who's one of the best players in the last receiver and playmaking um Play, players in Just in the get last him the ball 10 on the screen years. and let him go he, he, so that if that, if that was my situation with 15 receivers and uh, I look at the, the roster for the Packers and that year they had three active receivers who were undrafted and two on the practice squad who were undrafted uh, it was just a massive mistake but you don't know you really you generally don't know isn't an
1: agent's part of the responsibility to get with you and go Mitch I know Andy's your guy and like we all trust them, but they've got fifteen receivers, and and you know who has two? The Lions. Let me let me, yeah, let me yeah, talk yeah. to the Lions for you. Yeah. If you've got a great agent and you're a free agent, isn't it? I feel like it's more important. To have a great agent when you're a free agent, than when you're the number two pick.
2: Yeah, it's one hundred percent true, uh, but that's why I I fired him after my first year. Yeah, uh, I mean he's yeah. a fine guy, but I just think it, you know things needed to change. But um, that that was mistake number one. But I'm, I'm stuck there. There's you can't just like pick and you can't transfer. Once you sign, you're signed. And, and I, my, my mindset was I'm still gonna make this happen. But you know Tyree Kill became a starter as a sixth round pick with the third day. That's never happened before. Right. They were so blown away by him and enamored by him. But I wasn't even there. Yeah. I would get two plays of practice. Um, you know, I, I had the chance to to make plays in practice when I did, and I felt like they did okay. But it was just there was just. It, they had they had who they had and they were set and I was me Trayvon Boykin and Rob Gronkowski's little brother were the three highest paid undrafted players that year and that's the biggest reason why when the Chiefs paid me what they did in a signing bonus um, I, that's when my agent was like oh they want you so bad mm-hmm. and I think when I got there they had zero inj- injuries at receiver they were overloaded and they had you know some of the best guys with, with which was a uh, Tyree Kill and Demarcus Robinson who played on the Chiefs for six straight years yeah on the same roster which is nuts and I came in with those two guys so bad luck. Bad decision, whatever you want to call it, should have gone to the Packers. Um, I go to the Browns. I get signed by them pretty shortly after. It was that with there a month, and I hurt my hamstring. And was trying to battle through it and didn't really tell anybody, didn't make it official that I was sort of hurt. Because
1: you get worried like, oh, I, don't, I, I can't out. be hurt.
2: You definitely don't want to be I'm, that guy. I'm right on the verge. I can't be hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And I think, they, I think they noticed that, and they released me before I, I made it official. Mm. But that's mistake number two. Yeah. I need to go and say, I'm actually hurt, and they got to they pay me while I'm hurt, right? Right. And I didn't do that. So I, I get released by them, and now I have to rehab towards the end. Throughout the, the end of the season, um, there's a vet combine done in Arizona. I went down there and I tested super well. I ran a four four seven laser time forty, had a massive vertical, always did. Tested really really well and the call started coming back in a ton. The Browns called back. And this is when I figured, this is when I knew they had cut me before because of my injury. They're like, hey, is Mitch healthy? Is he, how's he doing? Right. But that, I, I knew that's when, that's when I knew that they knew that I was sort of uh, not, not bring right. something, yeah. but they wanted me back. But uh, the, the Browns like, hey, we want to have him come back out and re-sign him. And next call comes in probably, this, you know, within the week and it's the Minnesota Vikings. And they're like, hey, we want to sign him right away. And my young naive mind, and this is where my agent, I wish he would've stepped in. Um, I said, okay, let's do this. Let's fly to Minnesota. If they don't sign me for whatever reason, I have a, connect, they're my stopping flight to get to Cleveland. So I had a flight from Minnesota to oh, Cleveland wow. to back home, just in case, you know, what right. didn't happen. Sure, And, uh, uh, went to Minnesota signed right away and, and was with them for you know a few months uh, in the off season. but that was mistake number three if a team wants you back you go back because they've seen you in pads they saw me on the practice squad go up against Joe Hayden every single day and make plays yeah. They're, uh, Jimmy Haslam is the owner he's at every single practice their GM's at every single practice if those guys call and want you back that means they like what they saw if when they, you if were in they, pads if
1: they, if they released you but they know you and they want you back. That is, that speaks volume. That means they want. That means they really, really want you. Because why, why? Why? We've already evaluated this guy. He can't play. Why? Why yeah. would we sign him? No, we want him.
2: But you know what? My mindset was screw those guys. I'm going to Minnesota oh, because those guys tell right. me. Oh, man, just, yeah.
1: I, it, uh, that's why I need a little bit more guidance. But
2: you, you really don't know that at the time. I'm like, I have so many options. Teams are calling. You know, right, right. Um, and then uh, was there and uh, in Minnesota, and I'm in the general uh, GM's office and. After about two months there, he's like, I have you at our, as our fifth guy, a fifth receiver right now, which is, that's great news. Mm-hmm. There's six receivers on the roster. He's like, I got you number five right now. Um, but here's the issue. Uh, all my receivers right now, if I, if I release them, they're going to get signed the next day. He goes, I have to run a risk on you. we have had some injuries. I'm going to release you because I think that I can get you back next week. And I, I will. If I, so I have to let you go. And uh, um, I'm gonna call you back next week because I think you're a fifth or sixth guy. But I want all my receivers to battle out this this camp. But I think you're uh, my in my fifth spot out of six guys, which is great news. Right. Of course, they released me. I got picked up by the Dolphins within a week. Immediately. Uh, oh. I go th- I go to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins
0: <laughs> could just get the they could just get you right right away, yeah. right away.
2: Right away. So I, I worked out for them like a couple of days after, and uh, um, had a great time there. Cut a touchdown in in, uh, um, in preseason. And then had a, had a heel ankle injury that I was out for like 12 weeks right at the end of camp. And that's when that's when I, I knew it was just time to for the next chapter.
0: That's a fascinating, fascinating journey.
1: But, it's interesting because Mitch's story, your story, Mitch, is not that uncommon, right? Yeah. Especially if you're navigating free agent. You know the free agent rounds and trying to because you're young. If you don't have a phenomenal agent that's really knowledgeable, but it's hard to get a phenomenal agent that's really knowledgeable because they want the easy gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They want Zach Wilson. Yeah, the, yeah, Zach, yeah, Zach's easy. He's the number like right? I already know what he's going to make. It's prescribed by the collective bargaining agreement, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's you're caught because you're not going to get the best representation. You have to, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a tough situation, and a lot of it is timing. I look at Danny Sorensen, phenomenal player, right? Yeah. And Danny's with the Chiefs. But but at Danny stayed relatively healthy and other guys got hurt, mm-hmm. right? And so then all of a sudden he's got a chance to get in there, and when he had a chance to get in there, he just made plays. Yeah, every time he had a chance, he made plays. So pretty soon it's like this guy's just making plays. Yeah, like and we keep getting these other guys hurt and this guy stays healthy. Let's we gotta put we gotta elevate him off the practice squad and we got to yeah. play him
2: and the key is the key is getting on the practice squad uh and being with them for an entire year injury yeah. free because what you have a chance to do I, I remember when i was in the browns that month i was there uh, before i hurt my hamstring I, I was playing some of the best football my entire life because i'm going up against a, a first team all pro pro bowler joe hayden every single day in practice catching touchdowns enough for them to you know want to call me back and so if you have if you have 16 weeks to do that that's when you come back the next year you either on the practice squad again or you're activated. Right. You know, and so it's and, that stability. And then
1: sometimes guys have to get hurt. Sometimes a Tyree yeah. kill has to get hurt. And it's like, well, you're a fifth Well, Now he's in a rotation. And then you go out and make plays. And then then they have to keep you because now other people have seen you in games. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, he, we've got to keep him because somebody else will sign him tomorrow right. on an active roster. So we've got to keep him. So, so a lot of it, a lot of it, is, there's a lot of really talented guys that don't make it. Right. Which is crazy because it... It really is, unless you're in the first three rounds, it's a grind. It's a numbers game. It's being lucky. It's having guys get hurt. It's, it really is, isn't it?
2: Yeah. And you, need there, someone, there, you need a, a, someone of power, a general uh, manager or head coach to say, that guy is staying by my side for the next three years. Yeah. I like him and he's, he's yeah, with Like the me, Saints you know?
0: did with Taysom. Exactly. exactly. You you need, once they got him, they said,
2: you're my guy. And, and you, you
1: need need know that. what? Had, had Taysom had the kind of injuries he had year after year at BYU, it does but
2: is when, he, when he
1: got there, he finally stayed healthy long enough to play. Yep. And then he made big-time plays. You're like, this guy's a freak. Yep. Like now, So then he could get hurt, and they still want him back because he actually yep. had a chance. But he stayed healthy until he proved himself, yep. which really helped. Yep. Hey, yep. sh-
0: shout-out to uh, Tim from Harriman. And then Dr. Ketch has a question. Uh, can you ask Mitch how he stayed sane in his personal and spiritual life as he was being bounced around so much in the game of pro football?
2: That is a great question. I don't know if I've been asked that. Um, To play at that level, you have to stay at peak confidence all the time. And I was trained to be that way in college. When you're I'll say the featured receiver, you're the guy, the go-to guy for two straight years. You have to learn to play and be at peak through injury, through ups and downs, through losses all all the time. And so my confidence was sky high coming out of college. Even though I was undrafted, for me, it was like, they just didn't want me because I was a tad bit older. They didn't want me because of whatever. I'm still that guy, you know? And so that's what I was trained to do and believe. And so personally uh you're trained to never get down to yourself and never talk down to yourself and so to me when i got cut it was like forget those guys i'm going to the next team Who's get, who wants me i'd go work out for them and nine times out of ten they'd sign me seriously i'd go work out for a team and they'd be wild and they'd sign me right after and so i had enough to, to keep me confident um but i had a great family um, and I'll, I'll get even deeper, which is probably what, uh, these people want to hear is. So my mom passed away, uh, when I was on the Minnesota Vikings, it was a few days before my wedding, which is crazy.
1: I remember. And I just, remember.
2: a, I mean, a wild, wild time. And, um. Actually, I cut a few weeks after that. So I got cut from my dream job, you know, from the Vikings. My mom had recently just passed away and we were super close and we just got married. And so I had other problems to really worry about. You know what I mean? I had actual problems in life. So playing football, that was just a game. That's not stress. That was fun. And so I just sort of segment out my life. Here's reality, which is family, wife, life and then here's just here's my job which is football i can segment it out and be super confident here and then be super hum, super humble over here you know and so yeah. that's what i had to do and I, I still feel like when i went out and put the helmet on i played to the best of my ability
0: great answer well thank said. you dr catch for the question yeah. so now you got uh, a group of byu cougars who um they're not going to the nfl they're going to the big 12 and this is an area where they've never been before with mm-hmm. the exception of a couple guys in the portal um and and uh, it's a level above it used to be BYU and the level was next to the NFL right so now it's 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 BYU is now in the big 12 which is a level up and mm-hmm. then they all want to go where where you were going um and where a lot of guys have gone before how uh how vital is it to be in the big 12 for these guys who are chasing the same dream as yours
2: I can just say I'm jealous. First and foremost, really? to to be yeah to be in a conference to have that atmosphere to just be zoned in and focused every year. I'm in the same conference. Not every year I'm an independent. Who the heck are we playing? Let me retake right. the schedule. You right. know, so that 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 first and foremost is great. To Have a conference championship and extra game, but to um, to uh, to play in and, and showcase yourself is awesome. And then, you know, if we're talking NFL standpoint, college scouts <laughs> want to see you play good against good teams. That's it. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they couldn't have cared less how I did against Nevada or right. Utah State even like this. They couldn't but care they less. But they do
0: know what you did against Nebraska.
2: They do know that. When I, was <laughs> a, when I was in the Chiefs, everyone knew me as the Hail Mary guy. Actually, everywhere I went, it, I was the Hail Mary guy. So it get impacted a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, sure. there, there you go. It. Um, but it's a great opportunity for these guys to go out and be tested. And I think this year is going to be a flat-out test. These boys are big. When I played Nebraska, Notre Dame, and Wisconsin They're all in the same Similar part of the country That yeah. North Midwest Those boys are huge yeah. Like I, and I'm I'm a big I'm a big dude too Those guys are huge huge So it's a It's a big test physically And then on a different stage It's it's a level up for sure That's why we're all so excited
1: You, you gotta bring it Every single week Is there a, a You know we, we all are looking forward To Texas and Oklahoma This year And BYU has Oklahoma At home Which I think Would be a challenge For Oklahoma to come yeah, and play at elevation sure. In the stadium yeah. They gotta go on the road To Texas again They've been there with with those schools leaving so let's just exclude them from this question are there a couple of programs in in the Big Twelve that you're going? This is going to be fun to play them every year. This is this this could turn into a natural rivalry with these schools. Yeah, first one
2: that comes to mind is TCU because it was already there. There's yeah. are, there's always has been a rivalry and it's going to come back pretty quick. And they're just dang good. So they yeah. they are would out on the uh, on the calendar for sure already. I think Texas Tech's gonna be a fun one just you know, with that offense and, and their history. And then I think BYU is is. Uh, well-matched against them with just the, the huge powerhouse off. We're going to see the probably the funnest games we'll see over the next decade if we're still here will be against those guys for sure. Yep. Um, but I mean, just in terms of the baseline, the baseline is just so much better here. I think Oklahoma State's going to be stout every year, Baylor every year, but I think Texas Tech, TCU, mark those games off. Those are going to be the most fun. Those will be fun and maybe, yeah.
1: maybe become some
2: rivals. I like yeah.
0: Houston. Uh, so I ran into Dana Hogerson, the Houston uh, coach. In the men's room, washing our hands at Cowboys Stadium. He just got done with the, the media on the platform, and, uh, and I said, hey, nice job. And he's like, wow, did I say anything controversial? I go, hey, what do we care? We're brand new with you. We're coming in with clean slates. Right, right. Uh, you can't tick us off. Yeah. <laughs> but then we started talking about um, the relationship between BYU and Houston. I said, you know, it seems to me that if there's a budding rivalry – that, that could come together. It might be these Cougars and Cougars. Um, yeah. For one, because the uh, church population in the Houston area is so big that we fill up half their stadium, yeah. and we've done it on two occasions. And he stopped me right there, and he goes, absolutely. He goes, BYU has every reason to be in Houston. He goes, "That has a." they're not playing this year, but that has an opportunity because – it takes a while it takes usually someone getting ticked off to create a rivalry and we've learned uh as we've been with cougar nation and all these stadiums that nothing agitates fans more than when another fan base takes over their arena right and byu did it twice did against it houston yeah and so they didn't, no one traveled to houston i mean there were some but they're all from that area yeah and filled up the place and i sat there and i thought that's a vulnerable spot of Houston Cougar fans going. We're tired of BYU coming in here and taking yeah, over our being place. louder, and
1: then yeah. something happens.
0: You know, and you so in, got a rival. in the old,
1: in the old um, uh, Mountain West and WAC before that. San Diego State was always a big rivalry, and San Diego, San Diego State was playing in Qualcomm, and it's this huge stadium, and they'd get thirty thousand for a game or twenty eight thousand for a game. BYU would come down and play down there, and fifty five thousand people yeah.
2: would come to the game. Isn't that
1: crazy, and, and they would kind of take it over. And and it created quite a, yeah. quite a rivalry with San Diego State, and then, and they both had some great teams, and in basketball they had some great teams in later years. But you know, we who can forget going down there watching Marshall Fault go against you know Ty Detmer and those. Hey, the, we watched but the UNLV BYU would take their stadium over down there. UNLV oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. UNLV has no reason to be bugged by BYU, right? They had never competed with them, but BYU would come down to their football stadium, and I was a sportscaster down there forever, and they'd fill it up. And that's what created the rivalry. It wasn't the product on the field. It was these yeah. fans going, I am sick and tired of family home evening around me this whole time. I'm the only one drinking <laughs> a beer. Sense. And now so. I feel and, bad. And, yeah, yeah, stadium. That
1: could apply um, at Houston. Yeah. you know, and, and, and to Mitch's point, TCU and, and Texas Tech are close enough to fairly large populations of, of former BYU right. students and alum and LDS folks down there. I think they'll show out well in the state of Texas. Now, TCU does pretty well with attendance, so it's a little harder the to The first get a, couple of years, too,
2: a lot of people from all across the country are going to travel to these games. Sure. So, these first couple sure. of years, the new conference, the excitement is going to be crazy. I think. BYU should attach themselves to a specific team. I think it's probably going to be TCU and and be known in the conference of that's a big game in our conference. Yeah. And that'll elevate our stock just by having a, a big team like TCU to have that one-on-one every single year.
1: Yeah. What, what do you think of this? Um, we're talking about it. You were, you were just still sitting over in the green room. We call that the green room. Yeah. You were still sitting over in the green room. It's I, I'm colorblind, so I'm like, Whoa, well, you can call it because it's a green carpet. And they're like, Blaine, that's not green. It's black yeah. and <laughs> white. So anyhow... I'm going to call it the green room. We were still in the green room. Um, we were talking about the media poll. They projected BYU to finish eleventh out of fourteen teams. We were talking about um, um, this 11th. poll that said less than a twenty percent chance to get to a bowl game. Um, what What are your thoughts on 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 those predictions going into the season? I, I don't know if they're
2: looking at the you know some of our best players leaving to the NFL. I don't know exactly what they're looking at, but that's not just look at the history of BYU. We don't, we don't do that. We're, we're not a 20% odds to make it to a bowl game type team, just right. historically, right? The best predictor of the future is the past. That's not who BYU is. And so maybe they think because some of our best players left, just maybe, and it might be sort of rebuilding. Um, I, I, I don't think the stat is going to hold up whatsoever. 11th to 14th, I mean, this conference is awesome. It's better than where we came from before. But, I mean, I'm just looking at all these logos up here. There's, there's, to me, there's no way, in my opinion, it's less than 500.
1: That's yeah. what I believe. Six yeah. six. So, and he's, six? so he, yeah. his, yeah. my over-under no m- m- is six. Mitch's is six. So there you go. Yeah. And I, you know, six would be fine for me this first season. Win sure. six games and get to a bowl. And
2: by the way, that's a base. I, I think that the seven, I mean, the first five games, I think we, you have a chance to go five and oh. Yeah, you absolutely yeah. do. And so yep. right, right there, I, there's no way you're losing your next right. seven games. So right. I, right. Think, I think a seven-eight win season is 100% possible. I think mean, there's no way it's below six, though, be in my opinion.
0: Jonathan from Henderson, Nevada. On the live stream tonight. Thanks, Jonathan. Good to have you with us. Let's do five questions and get Mitch out of here. You ready? Yeah. These are these are not the toughest questions of the night. You just you just okay. come,
1: whatever comes to the top of your head. You just go. Like, so it's like shotgun, right? Yeah. Shotgun Rapid fire. So your favorite sports movie, we keep track of these two by the way and compare them to other guests. <laughs> Remember the Titans. And by the way, we judge. And by the way, People that's the two. number 1 movie. Remember the Titans, yeah. but
2: it, it should be everyone's. It's, that that's, that's And here's the thing. <laughs> we don't we don't always
1: we don't always have athletes on the show. There's always a little bit of a sports theme, but sometimes we have astronauts or musicians or yeah. the
2: governor's been
1: on and Sherry do I'm going to change
2: it then. I'm going to change it. What do you mean? It, you change it. Happy Hill. Gilmore happy <laughs> gilmore put that down right now happy gilmore, gilmore. i like to i'm hear. a comedy i'm a huge happy comedy gilmore. Guy. happy Dude, gilmore titans Adam is Sandler. Out just like that yeah, Adam,
1: yeah. Happy, i have to say remember the titans I love them both remember the titans has probably been one and i would say rudy has been too uh
0: marie osmond's was hoosiers yeah she
1: liked hoosiers she's Good married movie. to a basketball player yeah yeah, I mean, yeah bias so. right there so okay your favorite band or singer it can be a band or a sang- or a solo artist
2: I'm not a country guy. I, I. You don't need to diss. Let's other. go. Let's go. Uh, Drake. I love Drake. I love Drake too. He's great. I thought
1: you were gonna go with Beyonce. I, I don't know why. Mm. Just because.
0: He's going with the Drake. Yeah. I like Drake. I ha- love the
1: Drake. I do. Ha- I have a meeting <laughs> in, on August 26th down in Vegas, and and Beyonce is playing at Allegiant. Really? Yeah. Only Beyonce. I'll join you. Only Beyonce and Taylor Swift can sell out football, NFL stadiums all around the country. Yeah. yeah. Beyonce yeah. sold out so far three woman. nights in a row. Yeah, it tastes a rare woman. Yeah, so there you go. Okay, so it's it's Drake, which I'm 100 yeah. percent on board with He's you on that. That's great. One. Okay, your favorite breakfast cereal
2: Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. Nice. With the marshmallows. So with marshmallows. Oh, with the level. marshmallows. That
0: goes next level with the marshmallows. Yeah. See, and again, get specific.
1: we we the theme of everybody loves sugar cereal and we love that, except yeah. for Kyle and Marissa. Benoit. Yeah. Oh, they were on here. The, oh no, they, they only do protein Kyle's shakes. Friend. They only do protein shakes for their practice. kids. Yeah, and their that makes kids. sense that yeah. way. Their if we're kids. still
2: playing ball, I'm saying yeah, I'm yeah. saying something a cleaner too. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: and Danny, Danny, when he came on, he does. Shredded wheat, with his shredded wife wheat. makes
2: him do makes him. But not... But not shredded not wheat, that ages him too much. Not yeah. frosted shredded wheat. Plain Straight. shredded no. wheat. That's Maybe he's got like the table sugar. I, I was like, Danny, why, why
1: don't you just bring a bale of hay? And yeah, just take a spoonful of hay. It's just it. like, Yeah, it's not yeah, it. So that's not we, it. we,
0: uh, we admire Fruity Pebbles. Yes, we
1: love that. We yeah, have much great. respect for Fruity Pebbles. How about your favorite ice cream?
2: For sure, cookie dough. Cookie dough. There's a crumble cookie right now that's cookie dough. I'm getting it tomorrow night.
1: <laughs> we were talking about a recruit that, that came on campus, and that was Taylor, the visit to the recruit, and um, and they said to the recruit and his family, we've got some things on the agenda, but what do you want to do? Like, what's the one thing you want to do that we can't miss? And they go, can we go to the creamery? And um, I'm like, if that kid's coming to BYU, yeah, yeah, don't no, you think that sure. kid's coming if, to if BYU? He's
2: asking those type of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Those, he's are buying, those are fine. Those questions. <laughs> By like, the way, at the Creamery, the Graham Canyon. Oh, the fact that you mentioned that—that's that's one A All right, no, one B. Canyon. Graham, Graham Canyon. Canyon. It's B. There's also my favorite ice cream place ever. I'll be super <coughs> quick in Portland, Oregon. It's the one the Rock invested in. They have a flavor there called pear and blue cheese. It's literally what? pear and blue cheese. Together. It's insanely good. You that's lost a, that's me a, pear, that's a two. and you finished me off at blue cheese. It's not a
1: salad. You know what? It's an ice cream. I'm willing to. Try it when I'm in Portland next time a pair of blue cheese. K um,
0: porter wants to know why Captain Crunch isn't getting any love on this show, but it, you it know the the porter, it, it gets plenty of love Cap-
1: on this Captain show. Captain Crunch is Dave's mm. favorite.
2: It cuts the roof of your mouth, that's why.
1: But th- he doesn't he doesn't need the crunch berries, though.
2: He only eats yeah, the plain old Captain Crunch. Take it straight. Take it straight, take it straight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have it this
1: morning. Not quite as bad, but really. it will yeah, cut your mouth. If you're careful it doesn't cut up your mouth. if you hurry into it, if
0: you rush yeah, into a bowl, you're in trouble. Yep. So so then
1: our last our last of your of your five is your favorite BYU moment not in the Nebraska game. Because we covered that. What we say? Your yeah. favorite one not in the and it doesn't, and it doesn't BYU have to actually Nebraska. even be in football. Yeah, Just it could be it could BYU be something moment. else to happen at BYU.
2: First thing that comes to mind is being able to suit up in a uniform with my brother. My only brother. Best friend. It's yes. gotta be number one. I met my wife there, but which is amazing. But I, my that speaking of football and on that thread, suiting up with your brother uh, is Amazing. P- pretty special. Yeah, yeah pretty Was that special. pre-mission or was it post. after? It was post. post. Yeah. yeah, for me, yeah, post. Very cool. 20, 2012. Yeah. 2012. Yeah. Mitch, you, Mitch, you when you, when come, you're you come, talking
0: come. to Marcus, do you ever compare, like, does his catch to beat Utah State become – uh, more spectacular as he's trying to defend himself against your Hail Mary or did they
2: just concede he can he has conceded <laughs> but this is what he used to have on me is is uh you know I had I had some stats on him but he says you'll one thing you will never have on me is I was the number one play on ESPN though so you don't have that oh, on me and he yeah. had that for me for, on me it was for a like friday three night years. it was a friday night right he did have that on me for three three years. Then the Hail Mary at Nebraska came, and I was number one. So you one both for, had I was a number, number one, one play. for like a year, so <laughs> <laughs> you know a couple months. So I had, I had that I, on I him, and one that's play too. awesome. That's were awesome. Were you really? But
1: yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's why playing. we're. That's why we're so that's close. That's why Mitch and I are always tied. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but mine, mine's not when I played. Although I I don't know why I didn't get one in the Michigan game, playing for the national championship. I had a crazy play where I almost fell down, and Craig uh, Craig Garrick threw me back up, and I rolled out and completed a first down against Michigan. That could have been could have been, yeah, that's out there. Like, I was almost down on the ground. Like, I was falling down, and my lineman was on the ground. And he took his arm and smacked me back up on my feet, and we rolled out and completed the first down play. That's insane. But that's not the one. The one is I was calling the Utah-BYU game in the Huntsman Center, and Jimmer went off for 33 in the first half. And at halftime, he made a half-court shot and just walked off like it was no big deal. And so sometimes ESPN, like, they talk over. Other times they just take the call. And this was the number one play of the day, game when he did that, and and I just said I said, yeah, and look at him, he's just like yeah, I'm Jimmer Fredette, that's what I do, I make shots, and he just walked off, and that and was kept the, your voice. that was the play of the dynamite. Game. So I so we have a number You're one. We're connected, that's nice. It doesn't so, end. That's all my friends nice. back home in New York were like, dude, you called the number one play of the know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a it's a great honor. Legendary, legendary. He, legendary. he made a play. I just talked to him. Yeah, about it. yeah. I just talked to him. Yeah, about
2: it. so Greg Rubel is also got a number one for me too. That's right, because yeah, yeah. he's got that right. attached. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's right. So, so uh, tell us about your business. What do you got going on now?
2: Uh, I own a pest control business right mm-hmm. now. It's going great. Uh, and do you have guys
1: all over the country doing yeah, that? Yeah,
2: in the southeast mainly. Yeah. So that's where all, all the door bugs are. I just exactly. got back from Texas. Is, all the bugs is, are. Is down there you go. I was is in Dallas. Same time you guys were. I flew down with a bunch of media guys. Are you down
1: in your old mission stomping grounds in Orlando with the business? No. Not but, that, but
2: that isn't in, in talks though to get down there. Yeah, of course. And man, I have uh, you know, I have I have something coming up that I'm going to launch in the next six months. It'll be insane. I can't mention it yet though for other reasons. But how about it's, this? It's going to it's be people, insane. People
1: when, have broke some stuff on this show. Like, you, hey, I'm writing a book. Hey, I'm doing this, and they who were we had the um was it was it who who was on? We had the, our friend, the drummer Elaine oh, Bradley from Eli Neon Bradley Trees. Elaine Bradley from Neon Trees came on and said. Well, we haven't announced it. And my bandmates are going to kill me, but... We're ready to go on tour. We got a new we're, album. We wow. got a new album coming out. We've been in the studio, and we're going on tour. That's like, amazing. Like, you're telling people the first time here. So you, can, when amazing. you're ready to break it, you yeah. got to tell us. And come on and tell come us. Come back on wow. the it's show. It's going to be insane.
2: It'll be one that I've, a lot of Cougar Nation and I will be able to experience. Hint number one. Us three will go do it together, hint number two. Nice. It is health and wellness related, hint number three. It's going to be insane, hint number four. Okay, so you call us, we'll talk about
1: it. Come on when you got ready and we'll talk about it. Easy, yeah, I'm ready. Awesome. Right.
0: The great Mitch Matthews. Thanks for being here.
1: Loved it. So Always a blast. Good Mitch. to have you here. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Cougar Nation loves hearing from it. you. This show's Loved fun. Loved your family. Everyone chimes comes in. comes from, from all one of the, one the great, world. greatest families ever. Great His family. mom yeah. and dad, brother, everybody. I love your whole family. Yeah, they're amazing.
2: So let
0: uh, Marcus know that we still admire his touchdown. I'm gonna, to yeah, yeah, I'm going to send him this for sure.
2: Yeah. yeah so. for and sure. our
0: podcast will be up tomorrow. I'll send it to you and you can send it to your friends. Okay, the great Mitch Matthews. You're good. You're out. Thank you so Thanks, much Mitch. for coming, boys. Great to see you, brother. Uh, beat Nebraska and uh, has done so much more at BYU and, and life. It represents the Y in phenomenal ways. And, and our friend always has been. And, uh, and we'll see you in six months. Six months, six months to announce his big project. Next week on the show, Steve Clark, the tight ends coach, will be here. Yeah. We'll talk about how Isaac Rex is coming along in his recovery and we expect Jen Rockwood of the uh, soccer program, the head coach, to be with us once we get into August, where Elijah Bryant's committed for August 1st. He's been dominating overseas, former Cougar basketball star. Steve Young's on our hit list. Jamal Willis. Nick Robinson, assistant basketball coach. Tom Homo will be here August 15th. Henry Marsh we will be here august 22nd that's during the world champ track and field championships um and we got some cougars over there competing in that and so it's a perfect time to have henry marsh here to talk about um uh, how that's all going down and so that's what we got coming up and you know right, right after that it's uh it's the season opener let's look at some key byu dates um, and you mentioned earlier, Blaine, the players report in 14 days. July 31st, they show up. Fall camp begins August 1st, and uh, that's just around the corner. And uh, we mentioned earlier the After Further Review season premiere is next Tuesday. That's July 25th with The Dangerous Duo. And then we're back with the touchdown show on August 1st on BYU TV, and we're in full uh, AFR mode. August 5th, women's soccer, blue-white scrimmage at 7 p.m. at Southfield. That's the first. Okay, we're getting ready for the Big 12. And then we're back on August 8th with the Big 12 preview show on After Further Review. That's going to be fun. And
1: then August, the hits just keep coming. It's like a rock band. Yeah, August 10th, soccer exhibition, BYU at Rutgers. August 12th, another soccer exhibition, Idaho State at BYU. And by the way, you you mentioned Jen Jen coming on, Jen Rockwood. That team... If I'm going to put odds, I think that's the first team to win a Big 12 championship.
0: They should be, and we'll see, the preseason favorite.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. August 15th, uh, um, uh, after further review, player previews. We start breaking down the guys. We start talking about guys that are going to bring it this year. The
0: 16th, the day after, is the Cougar kickoff. That's from 6 to 9, mountain time, at the Student Athletic Building practice fields, kind of the same spot where we had the Big 12 party. Yeah, that was All fun. the fall sports will be there, and fans can, can mix and mingle with the athletes, and, and uh, the students will be there, and, and that should be fun.
1: August 17th, soccer season opener. Like, So not just a friendly or whatever we call them or exhibition. Um, St. Louis will be speaking of friendlies, by the way. I'm going to be over in Barcelona, and I was so pumped because it showed that FC Barcelona was playing a home game against Arsenal. And I went on StubHub. I'm like, I wonder if StubHub works for FC Barcelona. And there were tickets available. And? And I got so excited. I said to Brenda, look, these aren't even crazy. This is one of the most historic stadiums in the world. Seats 100,000 people. I am so pumped for this. And then Gavin goes, Dad, FC Barcelona and Arsenal. FC Barcelona is home, but it's a friendly and it's an exhibition. And it's at SoFi Stadium in L.A.
0: <laughs> You're not going to be I'm in L. am not
1: going to. Oh, that, that's a bummer. I think it's like Camp New Stadium or whatever. Camp Newey Stadium. I don't know. what, But anyhow. It's a good I'm, thing you
0: didn't buy tickets.
1: I am so disappointed. But anyhow. Okay. Soccer season opener, St. Louis at BYU, August 17th. Not a friendly. The season opener. And then August 22nd, some more player previews on after further review.
0: Uh, let's see. Hey, Mike from Beaumont, Texas. Thanks for joining the show. Good to have you here. As always, uh, women's volleyball opener, August 26th. Hey,
1: congratulations on the new
0: grandson, Mike, by the way. Oh, yeah. Congrats. BYU-Pittsburgh, the volleyball opener. That's in Missoula, Montana on August 26th. AFR, player previews and Sam Houston, preview on August 29th. And then it all starts.
1: September 2nd is the day all of this is pointing to. That's the football home opener. Sam Houston at BYU, 815 Mountain on FS1. And we will be there with college game day. Um, and we'll we'll be there two hours before, so six fifteen, well six o'clock, Mountain Time, um, and you can adjust to whatever time around the world you're at. But we'll be we'll be bringing it live from just outside the stadium in the Cougar Canyon, um, a two hour pregame show to get ready to kick off BYU's first season in the Big Twelve. It's
0: gonna be awesome. Hey, let's keep the uh, live stream hopping. Uh, let us know again where you're from, and we'll try to get as many mentions on the air now as we can. People are, like,
1: are supporting your Captain Crunch. Well, of course now, they are. now Richard is saying, yeah, Dave, I love Captain Crunch also. Thank you, Richard. Playing Richard or with a Crunch Because I can't eat it without Crunch
0: Berries. <laughs> so. Pro Football Focus College listed its highest-graded Big 12 safeties who are returning this season. Aubrey Burks from West Virginia is number one. DeJordan Mask from Central Florida is number two. Jaron Thompson of Texas is number three. Uh, beef Frailer from Iowa State, number four. And there at number five is, Mit- is Micah Harper from BYU. Played in all 13 games last year, 62 tackles, second on the team, two and a half tackles for loss, three pass breakups, two forced fumbles. Micah Harper is listed at number five as the highest graded Big 12 safety returning for this season. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, a lot of production. and I love that Micah now is going to be in this defense this fall. Um, Mike will be up in the box a little bit more, closer to the line of scrimmage, and playing a lot more in the run game uh, to defend the run game. And I felt like he thrived when when he had to be physical and show his physical uh, presence. Yeah. He loves to hit people, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play really, really well this year in this in this defense, this scheme.
0: Twenty four seven Sports put out its prediction list for the twelve most explosive offenses in college football. This is the entire country, and we're gonna list them. And then we'll talk about BYU. But they've yeah. got Jaden Daniels, the quarterback at LSU. Big plans for him. He's been all over the place.
1: Yeah, and then and then Michael... That's the
0: same Jaden Daniels that played for Arizona State that BYU beat, isn't it? Yeah, he, tra-
1: he transferred to LSU. That's what I thought. And, and remember, he's this. First of all, he's got a really live arm and... and um, but he can run all over the place. Yeah. And now you put him with the athletes that he's going to have around him at LSU. Yeah, he, that's scary. LSU is going to be good on offense.
0: Washington, they list Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. Penn State, they go with a running back, Nick Singleton. Mm-hmm. These are the 12 most explosive offenses in college football. And and there's the team and then we put their top offensive player right. that's why so, so it's not so, because of the running back but he is their go-to guy so Oregon yeah, they Oregon's got, got a lot of talent they got Bo, Bo Nix Nix back, is back
1: and then he orchestrates it all and he's, he just gets him into great stuff and, and you know he wasn't healthy in that game against Utah, remember?
0: Right. And he was healthy against us. Oh, yeah. I do remember no, that. No doubt about so it. So they got Georgia and Alabama on there. They're breaking in new
1: quarterbacks. Does, but it, really, does it really matter at Georgia and be Alabama? Explosive. Because they just line up first-round draft exactly. pick running backs and first-round draft pick offensive lines? So Georgia and Alabama are 5-6. Florida State is uh, listed at number 7 with quarterback Jordan Travis back. Tennessee at number eight with a brand-new quarterback. I thought the reason they were so good on offense because they were so dynamic at quarterback yeah, last
0: yeah. year. Caleb Williams is the quarterback back at USC. They're on the list. Michigan's got their quarterback back. They're on the list. J.J. McCarthy. Texas has their quarterback back. They're on the list. Ohio State's going to break in a new quarterback. But these are the 12 most explosive offenses projected in college football for the coming season. What is a fair consideration for Keaton Slovis and the
1: BYU offense? And Here's the, here's the hard part. Keaton Slovis... If if Keaton had transferred right after his freshman year to BYU, um, where he played at USC and was just phenomenal and for, and you know all Pac-12 and Pac-12 newcomer of the year, people would be going, BYU's going to be lights out this year. But but he, he had that pit stop at Pitt, isn't that interesting? Pit stop. Got it. I didn't do that on well purpose. Well played. But he had his pit stop, and and they were a run based team, not a great scheme to complement his skills. So people don't know quite what to expect from Keaton Slovis. And so they're probably not giving BYU enough credit. I think Keaton Slovis, from what we saw in spring ball and the progression he's made and the leadership he's shown, is going to be a lot more like the Keaton Slovis that played his freshman sophomore year at USC and was a Heisman Trophy candidate than the Keaton Slovis that played at Pitt. And if he is the guy like he was at USC that makes all those throws and plays with confidence, with the running back room they've got and the wide receiver room they got and that huge offensive line... I think BYU can get back in that top 20 offensively in the country. I agree. And, and that's that's where we want them. And, and that league in the Big 12 where offense is king and sometimes defense is an afterthought, there isn't any reason why BYU shouldn't be a top 20 total offense team in the country.
0: And isn't it interesting that uh, Texas is the only of the 12 that 24-7 lists as the most explosive in college yeah, football? And you, would
1: th- you would think Texas Tech, you know, because they, they've been pretty good offensively consistently. Um, There's a lot of questions. TCU Mac 12. Max Duggan's not back. Yep. Oklahoma State's breaking in a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas was really prolific offensively. They, and got, they a and they've got a big quarterback. They got a big quarterback coming back. So how about when's the
0: last time a Kansas quarterback's been picked all Big Twelve? Yeah, ahead of Texas and Oklahoma's quarterbacks? Yeah, there
1: you go. That, that's surprising. I, I I was surprised it wasn't uh, Quinn Ewers from yeah. Texas. So
0: hey, Les is with us from New Mexico tonight, the land of enchantment. Thanks for being on the Wise Guys. Yeah,
1: Les, Les, a good friend and and. We talked about Les. Hey, if you ever get to Santa Fe, you need to get into to Les's a studio down there. One of the great artists in the world. So
0: twenty four seven also ranked the top twenty players in the SEC, and they put that out this week because the SEC media days are going on. And I thought it was interesting. Of the top twenty players in the SEC. They listed Raheem Sanders, number eight. He's the running back against Ar- for Arkansas, who ran for 175 mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns in Provo last year. And then at number 11, they've got the K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback for Arkansas. He threw for 365 yards, no picks, five touchdowns, ran for 32 against BYU. And the Cougars are playing those two guys. At Arkansas, September sixteenth, five thirty Mountain Time on ESPN two. So I wasn't too excited
1: to no, see those th- two guys. Hey, those guys are both really special players. But you know what? If they're not really special up front, in front of them, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so we'll see. And BYU is going to have a completely different game plan um, going into that game this year. Where where they're going to get they're going to get after KJ Jefferson, and they're going to play a lot more people in that front against Sanders. Um, and be really aggressive. They may end up getting some big plays because they're really, really skilled. Um, but but it's not going to be five, six, seven yards a pop, just knocking them off the ball because they're going to yeah, get after it. That
0: was a crazy game. Those guys are good. So, All right, why don't you handle the Big Twelve mascots?
1: Yeah. So so Ramblin Raiders Entertainment uh, released their Big Twelve mascot power rankings. And that, these,
0: these guys are a podcast, a Big Twelve podcast, yeah. and tied with Texas Tech.
1: Yeah. So in power rankings, no less, just like just like the teams are power ranked. <laughs> They've gone to the mascots, and, and, and especially after Big Twelve media days, when all the mascots were represented and were were uh, um, uh, in dis- on display there with their, their skills. The number one rated co- uh, is Cosmo from BYU. Power ranking number, number one. one rated is Cosmo from BYU. One of the best in the country. Number two is the Mountaineer from West Virginia. Um, number he three, works hard. You know yeah. he's got that gun. He's good. Yeah, number three is Nitro from Central Florida. We're gonna to get to know him. Yeah, Super Frog TCU. We know um, the Frog comes We've, in. A, comes in at four. Remember the Frog back in the old days? Yeah. So yeah. it's
0: a different kind of frog, but the same frog. Yeah, but
1: we we go down. Pistol Pete from Texas is, <laughs> is, is shows up at thirteen. And how about Boomer and Sooner from Oklahoma? Only fourteen.
0: Yeah. The the two departing teams did not fare yeah, they well. Did, they
1: didn't respect them because they <laughs> were departing, evidently.
0: And I'll be I'll be honest with you. Pistol Pete can't dance at all. Cosmo was no. trying to teach him a few things. I was watching it in person there at the stadium and i'm like going yeah this isn't going to work out this isn't this next thing i see i see video of cosmo doing a routine with a texas tech cheerleader it was fantastic yeah he
1: like it's like cosmo went down and was like hey i'll learn i'll learn the routine Any, hey oklahoma state come over i'll I'll dance (laughs) i'll do that dance routine i'll do texas tech then i'll go do some gymnastics feats of gymnastics and then if you want me to do um some uh extreme sports stuff and surf down a stadium i can do that like Cosmo is multi-talented, very gifted, and the best, the best uh, mascot in the country.
0: So uh, the gambling Gauchos, I, I love how all these lists come out from these podcasts and things. And I always check to see make sure there's more like 10 people on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. So they, they put out the, um, the Big 12 rivalry games, and they've named them. Right. So they got a matchup, and then there's the name that these guys came up with, and I thought it was kind of fun for Kansas State and Kansas. They're calling it the Sunflower Showdown. I don't, I don't know that one. That, my I question is: that Is
1: Kansas Sunflower Country? Is that where we get all of our sunflower seeds? And
0: maybe it sun, is. I yeah. don't know that. Yeah. So uh, B- Baylor TCU is the Revivalry. Now think about that. You got uh, Texas Christian and Baylor, the Revivalry. Right. Uh, okay, it makes, makes perfect sense. Yep. Texas Tech and Oklahoma
1: State, they call the Dust
0: Bowl. Yeah, and
1: that makes sense. That makes it's sense.
0: Still too. water and
1: Lubbock are as flat as can be. And then s- Central Florida and Houston, the Space Race. See, Central Florida is right over there by Cape, Cape uh, Canaveral. And Houston, we got and a problem. Yeah, that's Houston that's, is, yeah, there you go. Two space big space race. centers, the Space Race.
0: West Virginia and Iowa State, they call the Riot Bowl.
1: Yeah, why is that?
0: I don't one? know. Yeah, we'll have to do have a to look about that.
1: Cincinnati one. and Texas Tech is the Tommy Tubber Bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for Tommy Tuberville, used to coach there. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Texas it. Tech and West Virginia, they're calling it the battle for John Denver.
1: Yeah, almost having West Virginia.
0: Yeah, but where is it the Lubbock? How does, how does John Denver yeah, tied to Lubbock? John,
1: I, I have to Google that. John yeah, Denver is tied to Lubbock. But hey, BYU and Baylor made the list, and they call it the altercation.
0: Yeah, why do you think they call it the altercation? I don't know. Because they haven't had an altercation. They had a game in Baylor, they, and they've had a game in But Provo. they spelled
1: it alter- like is it is it because they're both religious institutions?
0: Maybe, maybe the
1: altercation. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the revivalry is. is you know Baylor and TCU are both the religious institutions. Yeah, so they call it the revivalry, and is it the altercation because it's BYU and Baylor are both religious institutions? It's got to be.
0: So, anyhow, so those are the Big Twelve did, rivalry games. games. And you
1: know what? I do think Baylor is going to be a good natural rival for BYU.
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: I think so. I th- and we a lot of respect. We got we got to know Baylor's folks, their athletic director, their president because we had them on uh, our game day show last year, and uh, they were fantastic. One thing I noticed is
0: everyone was friendly. It was media day and all that stuff, but but you don't have to go out of your way to be friendly. Everyone was friendly and respectful of BYU and the others, but they know what BYU brings to the table, and they all commented. Every coach in, commented on BYU's national following. Even the commissioner uh, in front of everybody, BYU is known for a national following, and uh, and it's recognized and it's nice because it's true, yeah. you know. BYU shows up. Yep, here comes everybody.
1: Eyeballs are eyeballs are on that program all the time. How so. about the troubled tennis season? Yeah, my goodness. So the football program was ordered to vacate all eleven wins from the nineteen and twenty seasons, um, and pay a, an eight million dollar fine to the NCAA. But
0: they still get to go to a bowl game, which I don't understand. Which is
1: really interesting because there's some there's some other programs that are like, wait a minute, we had one violation and, and we're out. Yeah, we're That's out. A, so. Um, uh, an investigation discovered more than 200 infractions, Dave. 200.
0: Um, How do you even do 200? The, the,
1: now, remember, the, the coach isn't there. Maybe right. why, that's why they have a little bit of leeway, but, but that was under Jeremy Pruitt. They lost 28 scholarships, so that's pretty significant.
3: Hey,
0: Adam, um, Adam, by the way, breaking news. Adam has let us know John Denver attended Texas Tech. Thank there, you for okay, that. That's Adam, the Texas that's Tech. That's
1: why we – our group out there, all of you followers out there and, and – Folks that come on live stream with us, part, we, we rely on you for Yeah, you're stuff part of like this that. show, because yep. a lot of
0: times we'll just say stuff. Yeah, and we need to be straightened out, and that's <laughs> it. So
1: John Denver went to Texas Tech, but he's saying Almost Heaven, West Virginia. Okay. There
0: you go. All right. So now back to the woes of My favorite Tennessee. John
1: Denver line, it's not a John Denver line, from Dumb and Dumber, when they're riding and they took the wrong turn and they're in the middle of like Nebraska or something, and he goes, are we in Colorado? He says, yeah, and he goes, man, that John Denver is full of crap. I thought the Rocky Mountains would be a little Rocky Mountain or a little rockier. <laughs> Yeah. That's
0: dumb, so, dumb and, dumb and dumber.
1: dumber. So, so, hey. so they hey, lose
0: 28 scholarships, which you think, well, that's got to be huge. But in today's NIO world, maybe they can just cover it up with, oh, we lost the scholarships, but we're going to pay you this much. Yeah, we'll give you 150,000, come be a walk-on.
1: So uh, the, the underlying theme here, um, which you pointed out, Dave, you pointed this out to me, is that even while cheating, um, Tennessee still couldn't beat BYU in 2019.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. They cheated, they got caught, and they still couldn't defend They still, didn't they still me couldn't defend here. Zach At Wilson home. on third and forever. And so and Micah Simon got behind everybody. What yep. a game that was. Unbelievable. Uh, speaking of football, we talked about it earlier. The season has begun. Training camps are open for rookies in the NFL. That includes Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua and Blake Freeland. Um, along with the crop of free agents, Remember, a bunch of guys signed on as free agents. They're going to camp some today, the rest this week. But as far as these big three that were actually drafted, the first time we're going to see these guys play. For Hall, it's the Vikings at the Seahawks, August 10th at 9 o'clock Mountain Time on the NFL Network. Yeah, and then
1: for Kai Nakua, it's the Chargers at Rams. Kai, Kai would love Kai to be Nakua. in there. oh, well, maybe Kai makes a comeback. <laughs> Nakua. You can never count I, I Kai I swear out. Kai could still play. Yeah. So Puka Nakua, charge, and, and hey, you know what? Kai had a pretty good career in the NFL. Yes, he did. So, um, Puka Nakua, the little brother of Kai, chargers at Rams August 12th, 8 p.m. Mountain Time on the NFL Network.
0: Blake Friedland makes his debut with the Colts at the Bills. On August twelfth, that's not on NFL Network, so you'll kind of have yeah. to search. Who Twitter knows for where some that's going to be? Zach Wilson and the Jets report to camp tomorrow, Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I just saw. I just saw Zach just the other day, so he had a week week off. Yeah, still working out every day, but he was home, um, checking in with family. I saw him, saw him out. Um, I saw him and Mike, and uh, he's ready to go. He's ready to roll.
0: The Jets are going to be featured throughout training camp on HBO's Hard Knocks. Now, that's going to be interesting. If you get HBO or if you can usually find it on social afterwards, but of course it's Aaron Rodgers as a reason they're there. But Zach's a big part of the Jets story now, and yeah. I'm curious to see how that goes.
1: No, it'll be really interesting. And, you know, it seems like he's settled in and he's, he's competing, but he's, he's learning a lot. And every bit of evidence coming out is, is that... Um, he feels like he's getting treated with respect by Aaron Rodgers, the Aarons, and like they're yeah. all of a sudden becoming friends. So that's all cool.
0: and Browns, the NFL Hall of Fame game. That is August 3rd, 16 days away on NBC. And as we said before, once football shows up, preseason or not, it doesn't go that's away right. until the Super Bowl. Absolutely
1: right. So um, how about some campus notes, track and field? Um, 27 academic All-Americans on the men's track team. Come 27. on. Way to go, Ed. Unbelievable. 18? Mm-hmm. On the women's team. That's 45 academic All-Americans in that program.
0: Fantastic.
1: Do it right and win, right? Do it right and win and compete. um, And in in cross country, you know, they compete for national championships, track and field, their top 10 programs. That's amazing.
0: They're going straight for that Big 12 championship. Running straight for it starting this fall. BYU women's. Head basketball coach Amber Whiting and men's head coach Mark Pope were in New York earlier today participating at the Big 12 Coaches Youth Basketball Clinic in Rucker Park right there in Harlem. Uh, Coach Pope was on Sports Nation earlier today, and uh, what a great event. Big 12's finding ways to get everywhere, doing cool things. And this uh, clinic with the kids in the area was a cool thing.
1: Yeah, and and Commissioner Yormark, he's got a great vision. Of, of how this league can be multimedia and all over the place, and he's just got this great marketing mind, and so that's that's pretty cool. So, um, how about uh, uh, Delaney Gibb, who we had on the show m- just moments after she announced her commitment to BYU? I'm
0: telling you, she is a fantastic basketball player. Yeah.
1: So, so she's a member of the Canadian um, U19 national team. The under 19, right? right? So they're they're at the FIBA World Cup in Madrid, Spain. I'm heading over there to watch them.
0: Yeah, Good. So, no,
1: I'll be in Barcelona. They'll be there so, this weekend. Yeah, so in Madrid, the team went 3-0 and in group play. They defeated Egypt today, 100-44. Um, Gibb had 11 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. And then, hey, how about um, BYU signee uh, Janice Salman? She had 4 points and 4 rebounds uh, for Egypt. We got two players yep. playing. So there. she's playing in that, too. Uh, They'll be teammates in Provo this next year, which will be great.
0: Canada beat China on Saturday, 83-62. to Gib led all scores with 17 points. She made five three-pointers. This is the national team for Canada, 19 and under, and she still has a senior year of high school left.
1: Yeah, she's a pretty special player. Sunday, uh, Canada beat the Czech Republic 66-61, to 61, and Gibb had five points in that one. The round of 16 starts on Wednesday, uh, and the quarterfinals are on Friday.
0: You know, and, and I'm curious. The U.S. is, of course, the big threat there, uh, the number one seed. Uh, I'm curious if they... Come toe to toe, how the Canadians do. But uh, uh, Delaney is uh, going to be in Provo next year, and a huge piece for Amber Whiting in her second recruiting class. Number two player in the state of in the state in out of Alberta, but the number two player in the country of Canada. Right. Uh, going into her high school senior year. All right, on this day, let's uh, let's we're heading down the stretch now. On this right. day, July
1: eighteenth, nineteen twenty one. The infamous Black Sox trial begins. Black um, Sox, and people go, what? The Black yeah, it's the, Sox? Yeah, you remember the Field of Dreams. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson. The Black Sox were accused of throwing if, the World if Series. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Who will come? Well.
0: So that Black Shoeless Sox Joe. story was wrapped all around there. And, and remember, um, James Earl Jones, oh. the voice of Darth Vader, was chasing that story. Yeah. And uh, and then he went into the corn and, and then we we never saw Kevin him again.
1: Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones and what what a great what a great story. Nineteen thirty one so. on this day. Ray Costana. Or Costanza oh, yeah. or Kastana. I can't remember what his last name. But Ray. So
0: first air conditioned ship was launched on this day in nineteen thirty one. Can you imagine being on the open water like on a hot day oh. on a ship with no air conditioning, that all changed today on in 1931.
1: How about today in 1968? The Intel Corporation was founded in Santa Clara. California. How does that jingle go? It's the something
0: inside. Is it the brain inside no, or something? It's it's, it's the it's the chip, something. It's the inside. chip that keeps us going. I'll but, tell yeah. you that. So. That happened. That changed the world in 1968. 1976, Nadia Komenich becomes the first gymnast in Olympic history to score a perfect 10. She did it at the Montreal Games at age 14. And then that uh, Nadia's theme came out. Yeah. Right? It was on the radio all the time.
1: What a She's had quite a life, right, of challenges and success and all that. I think there's a 30 for 30 out about. Um, yeah, and it's it's quite a story. So. Perfect 10. Perfect 10, I remember that. 1994, July 18th. Uh, Kiss from a Rose by Seal wins the song of the year.
0: Yeah, I didn't really love that song, but it was on all the time. I've been all kissed the time.
1: by a rose. Yeah.
0: 1999 on this day, Yankees pitcher David Cohn throws a perfect game. I think I was probably watching that. There you go. That's in our wheelhouse. Uh, uh, perfect how, game.
1: Yeah, how about July 18th birthdays? So, 1918, Nelson Mandela.
0: 1921, John Glenn, the astronaut. Yeah.
1: 1940, Joe Torre, the Yankees manager. Um, he's won three? Three World
0: three, Series three titles. Three World yeah. Series titles, Joe Torre. Vin Diesel, 1967. He's done 500 Fast and Furious movies, or so it feels. Yeah. I
1: think it's 10.
0: I think yeah. they've done 10.
1: He looks good. Like He's only four years younger than me. He looks good. Yeah, he does. So, 1990, Canelo Alvarez, boxing champion.
0: Birthday. I've seen him fight. Uh, he's he's uh, for a while there. He was holding the boxing industry together. Uh, the only one capable, really, of mega fights down in Vegas. Now some others have come along,
1: but but he is the pride of Mexico, Canelo Alvarez. And you have you have man, you've been so fortunate when you were down um, and being a news anchor, a sports anchor in Las Vegas. You saw some of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. Yeah, and not only that,
0: um, I got to know them. Yeah, and visit with them and. Hang out with him and Did you hang out with Mike stuff. Tyson? I've interviewed Mike a number of times, on medication and off. Did you go to his house up totally there the where guy. he had the Tigers? Been there once. Been there once. Yeah. Uh, and, and remember him sitting with uh, a couple of kids on his lap and just as nice and tranquil as he,
1: and I've seen him as a furious tiger yeah. in the ring. And and you were also, weren't you in the arena, at, was it at Caesars or MGM when he bit the ear of Evander Holyfield?
0: MGM Grand. We were ringside. I saw him, I saw him. I saw him bite it off and
1: spit it out. And you were, you were there for Crazy. that? You were there That was for the when, wildest night of my Were you there for the life? one when the guy came in on a parachute into the ring? Oh, yeah, the fan man. crashed. Yeah, fan came man. Came over our head and crashed
0: into the ring, and his chute got caught up in the lights. It was a Riddick Bowe, Evander Holyfield fight outside of Caesars. And it was right over near, I don't know if it was Farrakhan, or I don't know who was over. But anyway, the guys, he didn't sustain injuries from crashing into the arena. He sustained injuries from getting beaten senseless by the people who grabbed him down there and uh we
1: need to throw we, his we,
0: life was it was you, was a rough life yeah, after you, that yeah you when
1: you were down there you that boxing was the heyday and you had a chance Something to of like the craziest things so ever. cool like, we hey, should shout hang we our, crashing in here. We do a shout out to our our buddy Mark Ratner
0: yeah
1: um, he moved was, over to UFC yeah so he was the he was a, he's a good friend of ours and yeah. has worked a lot of basketball stuff with us over the years and was the he was the commissioner of the Nevada Boxing Council at that time right and he com- he, was the he man. sanctioned all of those fights that we're talking about and now he's over at uh um, Over with USC with Dana White. And, and runs, that, runs that for Dana White. So our shout out, a shout-out to our buddy Mark Ratner tonight.
0: Our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week is from John Glenn, the astronaut, who, again, was born on this day in 1921. Yeah, So, so he's uh, up in space. Here's what he has and, and
1: his story is similar. Um, remember, we had our, our good friend an astronaut. Uh, DeLuis Porter. Yeah, to had DeLuis Porter on with us and said the same thing when he was up in a U-2 plane. But John Glenn said... To look out at this kind of creation out here and not believe in God is to me impossible from that perspective, right?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it would be—I don't think I'd want to go through the training and all that stuff to get in a rocket and fly up there into space. But once you got up there, it just has to be awesome. I
1: don't want to come— Like, when you get up there, I think it's pretty rough on your body to come back.
0: Yeah, because you got to come back.
1: Yeah, and you got to come through all that craziness. So you're
0: you're like, well, we're up here, we're
1: floating around, uh, and it's awesome. Now we got to go back down there. And here's a problem for me. If I get on a swing set in a park and swing like six times, I get sick.
0: (laughs) We'd be be throwing up the whole time. It would not be good. Hey, next week, tight ends coach Steve Clark, soccer head coach Jen Rockwood. Uh, We thank Mitch Matthews. What an awesome guest. Yeah, a uh, guy who's been there and done that. His NFL story was fascinating, with just the craziness of trying to get a job in there. Uh, but as he described it, in tomorrow in the Deseret News at Deseret.com, much more on that play of uh, of the big catch to beat Nebraska. Um, and and I, I loved when he he enlightened us that it wasn't going to be that; it was going to be a kick. Yeah. Had he dragged his foot in bounds on play before play before, but he was just out of bounds. And so they chucked it to the end zone, and he made history. Yeah. And Nebraska fans will remember us forever.
1: So cool, so cool, and great to have. You. And Mitch promises he's coming back in uh, six months. Six months and announcing uh, some new venture that he has that we're all going to benefit from. So we're anxious to hear that. We'll hold him to it.
0: Thank so. you so much for joining us on the live stream and and participating with us and letting you letting us know where you're where you're watching from. We love it. Podcast will be up tomorrow. Please share it with your friends. And, uh, and we'll, it's, I don't know what's going to happen between now and next week, but something is, and it's going to be fun to talk about we'll, when we're we'll back We'll have here. it right here, and we'll <laughs> see you
1: all again next Tuesday night. Thanks, everybody.